Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. drink, 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 drink. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports Companion Show. Has there ever been a better time to have a sports companion show than the, the fucking shit donkey that we've been going through this last week and a half in, in, in sports? No, it's kind of like being a reporter when Bush was in office. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's wild, isn't it? There's all kinds of crazy shit going on. Yeah, fuck. Uh, look, we, we're going to talk about the Urban Meyer sitch. This is going to be our college football episode where we, we run down the top 25. Uh, our way too early CBF, uh, not only playoff predictions, but uh, championship predictions. And uh, we've also got a special guest. Uh, we, got a, we got one of the, the, the best handicappers in the business on the show today. A guy named Rafael Esparza. Um, he was, shit, he was the head of the sports book at MGM in Vegas for 12 years. Uh, now he works for, uh, he's a consultant for mybookie.com. He, dude, he, this guy drops free fucking uh, bangers on, on YouTube and on his Twitter page. So he's giving you free advice week to week. And, uh, and he writes a bunch of columns about sports gambling itself. Since we teamed up with a sports gambling website, mybookie.com. Might as well hear it from, from literally the horse's mouth. Although, Dan, which I'm, I'm psyched to say this out loud, is when I interviewed him last week, it was about 20 minutes into that Urban Meyer scandal. And uh, so you're going to hear us, you know, hear us talk about Urban Meyer a little bit. But you're also going to hear, because I, I made him, since he said he was giving away free predictions, I made him give away predictions for every single sport. And uh, I, will, I will say this, a, a Rostradamus prediction came true last week, um, about maybe 72 hours before it happened. I called that McGregor-Khabib fight that it was going to take place uh, the first week of October. Yep, that was a good yeah. one. Yeah, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, but first, we got some sponsors who pay for this whole shit to be on the air. Uh, first and foremost, talking about BlackRifleCoffee.com. Uh, what, what do we got? What's new in the world of BRCC, Dan? Well, you know, we just did the uh, Instructor Earl video. People seem to like it. It was fucking awesome, by the way. That was one of my favorite so videos you guys have ever done. I like the uh, got your attention now, don't I? Just the whole, the, the whole thing was hilarious. But uh, just the company in general. Um, we're getting ready for uh, you know, Q4. It's always big for us. Uh, looking to put out some really good content. We got a couple of different things going on. Um, you got new look. I, I we, saw I saw a new thing that popped up on my Facebook feed today. You, you guys have new apparel, new hats, mugs, yep. all that shit. Um, and then I, dude, I saw you know we had Brendan Schaub on the show, and I saw that he just released a, a, a coffee with Black Rifle. That's right, Big Brown Coffee. Yeah, you you can find that. Uh, just search search Google for it. We're pretty good at that. So uh, yeah, there's new coffee blends coming out. New partner roasts. Some of the people we're working with. Some of the big companies we're working with uh, that you've heard on the show before. We're going to be doing partner roasts with soon. Uh, plenty of new apparel. A lot of new uh, you know winter stuff coming out. Fall fall items and so. Ooh, keep your eyes I'm excited. The the yeah, oh, dude, yeah. your your those lightweight hoodies. I've I've said this a thousand times last winter. Um, are the most comfortable hoodies I think that have ever been made. And I got accused of like living in them on, on my show, uh, on Ross Patterson Revolution. Because they were like, yo, why the fuck are you always wearing that? I'm like, dude, I swear to God, I own like 30, but they're, 
the most comfortable hoodies on the planet. So if you guys start pumping out more of those in different colors, congratulations. You're going to get a huge fucking order from the big guy here using our own promo code of sports for 20% off. So go to blackriflecoffee.com. Use the promo code sports for 20% off of all of BRCC products. Uh, next up, dude, this is, this is the big one. This is the reason why we're doing this show. Uh, they're, they're, they're really paying for this to be on the air. We cut a deal with mybookie.com. Um, it's a gambling website for all things sports. Uh, shit, they even have prop bets on Urban Meyer, whether or not he's going to even make it to game one. They've got, they've got prop <laughs> bets on uh, Walking Dead, how many people are going to get killed, uh, the new Halloween movie. You name it, they've got it over there, along with every sports fucking possible wager you could put down. And when I say... You can bet on cricket. Yeah. Oh, yeah d- you can bet on eSports. It doesn't even matter. Dude, when, when I'm talking about every sports wager available, they already have the coin toss for next year's Super Bowl up. Heads or tails. And that's real. Listen to this. Listen to this, Ross. This is my favorite one. You can bet on what the next Pope's name is going to be. No way. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to go with John. Um, But more importantly, look, I I said this last week, and uh, this was before this whole entire scandal broke. And I want to make sure this is clear to the audience um, because I'm not wavering from this. MyBookie.com has allowed me to be the bank this year for Ohio State bets. I've taken so many in the past uh, and talked enough shit that I said, look, all these people keep betting. I think think all in all total, I, I received about 63 bets last year. And, uh, but mostly for like sign memorabilia and things like that and vice versa, beers, uh, you name it. Um, I even got a keg from somebody, which was fucking awesome, from Wilmington Brewery. So they, they allowed me to be the bank, which is, never happens. And everybody was asking once the Urban Meyer scandal broke, hey, man, are you still going to do that? Yes. Yes, I am because I'm not a fucking pussy. And I think Ohio State is loaded top to bottom. And good luck. Bet against me and figure it the fuck out. Uh, you can, you can follow us on drinking bros sports. Um, it's, it's our private, you know, group on Facebook, uh, along with drinking bros, come on into the sports, talk a little shit and throw down some money on mybookie.com. Uh, the promo code is drinking bros. The reason why that's significant is anything between $40 that you put down or $4,000, they're going to match it. So if you put down $4,000, uh, when you check out and put in drinking bros, uh, in, in the, as your promo code, you're going to get another $4,000. And then look, that, that doubles your total up to eight grand. Yeah, man, you can bet on anything. So, uh, look, I hope I don't get taken to the cleaners by Ohio state, but you're, you're fucking goddamn mistaken. If you think I'm backing down from that bet. Um, so that stands, that stands for the entire year, win or lose, whatever happens to urban Meyer, go to mybookie.com and bet against us. Um, there, there's going to be, uh, a lot of predictions on today's show. There was there was some on, on last week's show, and all of these bets are available right now. So you can go on now, and there's spreads for uh, opening week of the season already for college football and NFL. Um, so fucking throw down some money, dude, before shit gets, gets too, uh, right, yeah. too close. You know, there's four games opening week uh, that are top 25 matchups. So. You're goddamn right there is. Uh, so go to mybookie.com. Promo code Drinking Bros that doubles your money, and then again, any bet against Ohio State is a bet against me. That's my money. So fuck you. Bring it. Bring the pain. Uh, last but not least, we've got Ghostbed.com. Whoo! Ghostbed.com. Sleeps so good it's scary. Goddamn right it is. Uh, Dan, you got a ghost bed, right? 
I've got two ghost beds, my friend. Yeah, yeah. So do I, man. And I'm not stopping. There. I, I was one of those people, dude, because they they sent us a mattress. Um, the first one, they were like, "Hey, try it out, see if you like it." Before you know, you start selling it to your your audience. Um, his audience would be pissed if it's a shitty mattress. They sent it. Like two days later, I hit him back up and I, I was like, hey, man, can I, uh, we'll, uh, we'll sign up with the product, but can I use my own promo code? And they were like, yeah, I, I think I have three now total in my house. Um, nice. The, yeah. Most amazing mattresses on the planet. They're, they're, they're pillows. Those ghost pillows are, are even better. Like I, I'm addicted to them. My wife's addicted to them. She, she will not fucking sleep without these goddamn things. And uh, when you buy a mattress, you get free pillows with them. That's the jam. Uh, the mattress comes in a box. It shows up at your house. That's the fucking jam. Uh, they got a new Craftmatic adjustable. And if you go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros, that's where all the deals are exclusively for our members. And you can get uh, all of these fucking wonderful trinkets uh, that they have combined for like 400 bu- bucks off. They're offering like crazy deals for like bundle packages and all that shit. They also have a pay as you go plan, which is awesome. So you don't have to fucking throw down all at once. And uh, at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros, that's where you're going to see our lovely faces and get them deals. So uh, hop on over, man. I, li- literally, we all have them. We're, I, look, I can't say enough nice things about fucking Ghostbed. No, it's a quality product. Yeah, it's the best. Quality it's product. the fucking best. Um, and with that, we're going we're gonna to hop into the show here, Dan. Obviously, you know, we talked about it. Uh, everybody's been talking about it in the sports world. So we'll start with this. We'll lead with the Urban Meyer sitch. Um, yeah. Like I said, I was interviewing uh, Raphael, who is our guest this week, last week during this, and and it just popped up and didn't really have the facts, but everybody and their mother came out online, uh, including ESPN, and there was, there's a motherfucker named Paul Feinbaum, uh, and I want to spell out his last name in case you want to find him on Twitter. Fuck this guy and his whole goddamn situation. It's, it's, is he like the Don Lemon of ESPN yes. or what? And, and it's Feinbaum, F-I-N-E-B-A-U-M, Paul Feinbaum. Uh, and just go to his Twitter and say, hashtag fire Paul. When this whole fucking shit broke out about Urban Meyer, before any facts were released in the case whatsoever, he jumped on TV and said, Urban Meyer's a fraud, he should be fired, fuck that, fuck him, fuck his whole beliefs, fuck all of his shit. Um... This mob mentality that's been going on that we talk about on the show all the time uh, happened to, to, to Urban Meyer last week. I didn't know what the facts were. Um, and as a, like, as a diehard Ohio State fan, I usually hear about all this shit. This is one of those cases that popped up uh, at Big Ten Media Day about you know eight, ten days ago. They asked him about the, the coach he had recently fired and, uh, and an incident in 2015 where he allegedly, this wide receivers coach, had beaten his wife. Um, uh, again, didn't hear about the story. Urban said, look, I don't know who makes these things up at the media day. I don't know where you got that story from. Boom. Next day, the, the, the wife of, of uh, again, the, the accuser, the, the, the accuser is what we'll call her because I don't know any of the facts of this. Um, and I certainly don't want to throw uh, like a woman under the bus you know, if, if she's been physically abused. No, no. Definitely don't want to do that at all. Um, but I just don't know. No one knows the situation because... It hasn't gone to trial, and the facts aren't out in the case, and there was also no police reports filed. So right. I don't know what's going on, but the fact that ESPN and these guys were willing to come out and bury Urban Meyer for this, uh, not knowing, less than 24 hours later, the story turned. Uh, it turns out that, uh, and this is Urban Meyer's statement that I'm reading um, that he put on Twitter, is that he did report this incident in, in 2015. He reported it to the athletic director, Gene Smith, 
they did an investigation on the wide receivers coach, Zach Smith. Uh, they didn't find sufficient findings to fire him. I don't know what else Urban Meyer is supposed to do in that situation. Uh, what I do know is this. When he got fired last week, this wide receivers coach, uh, this husband and wife were divorced, and that effectively cut off any and all alimony. Uh, there's a rumor that is unconfirmed, and I, and at least unlike ESPN, I'm going to say when shit is unconfirmed, uh, that she got six figures for sitting down the wife and doing this interview. I don't know what to make out of any of this, and I, I certainly don't have the goddamn facts, so I'm going to wait and, and, and give this due process because this has been going on a lot in our, our culture. Uh, a lot of people have been cleared, you know, especially in the Me Too movement with Ryan Seacrest and, and Chris Hardwick, and a lot of these people have been cleared. What did you think as a yep. non-fan out of hearing this, Dan, the first time this story broke? Well, I mean, I think it's problematic that we jump to conclusions so early, but it's a it's a sign of the culture, right? Social media, the microwave culture where everything has to be right now. Um, I get the idea that the backlash that, uh, particularly in the entertainment and sports industries, that a lot of this stuff has been buried over the years um, and that people are hypersensitive to it, to making sure there's justice in the cases where it, where it, uh, that needs to be the case. But justice means justice, right? Like someone that actually did something wrong, getting punished for the actual wrong thing they did. And without discovery and investigation, you can't know that for sure. And what they don't realize is that they're harming their own case when they go crazy like that up front. Like find out what the fuck's going on and then react to it. Yeah, and it, that's what I say. Here's the curious thing I find in this case. So the athletic director for Ohio State, Gene Smith, has not released a statement. He he has gone dark on this whole situation. Ohio State, the university itself, not the athletic department, has hired an outside independent counsel uh, with some former congressmen and shit like that, like people who are not connected to the university whatsoever, to run this investigation. Uh, a lot of people have asked me for my Rostradamus prediction on this. And my prediction is this. To me, in a case like this, if there was overwhelming evidence against Urban Meyer, I think he would have been fired within the first 48 to 72 hours. He would have resigned because they would have given him the option. Would have resi- yeah, exactly. Would have resigned yeah. or could have been fired. Uh, there, there's a lot of people that say that, that there was a clause in his contract for not reporting shit. And that he wouldn't receive the $36 million that he's owed on the remainder of his contract if he were to get fired um, or, or resign. Uh, I'm sorry. If he gets fired, he could, he could do it. But if it was under this sexual abuse clause or, or uh, not sexual abuse, but uh, uh, this assault and battery, I guess you'd say, clause that he right. wouldn't get his money. Um, now, there's, one of, there's two schools of thought. This investigation could be either to clear the university of, of the rest of the $36 million in the contract. That's one. Uh, two is uh, he reported it like, like his contract said, and the athletic director did nothing, and they're looking at possibly firing him or replacing him. Uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if Meyer if, – and it's, it can be difficult to tell who uh, is responsible for what in situations like that, and everybody's really sensitive about it because of what went down at Penn State, but um, if – if Meyer reported it up, there was an investigation and it came back without enough evidence to make a determination. As the head coach of the football team, he doesn't make those uh, line item employee decisions necessarily. And that isn't to absolve him of any bullshit, but if Gene Smith 
if there's any doubt about whether the guy should have been working there, Smith is the guy that's ultimately on the hook for it. Yeah, that, and that's what I think. So my, my, my overall prediction is I, I think he would have been fired already or, or something would have happened or let go. If they had overwhelming evidence, um, they released – Well, they, re- they announced last night that they're going to – it's 14 days. Correct. Is their window to make a determination. Yeah, so within 14 days, they're, they're going to make a decision on this. My guess at this point, since this is dragging out so long and we have yet to hear from, from the AD uh, from Ohio State, is he'll probably get a, maybe a two- to three-game Meyer suspension for lying to the media, which, look, every coach lies to the fucking media. Uh, and I think, I think the athletic director will get fired. The man and wife that are in question whether or not this woman was abused, they're actually going to trial in September. So the facts of that case will come out when they come out. If this guy did beat the shit out of his wife, he's a piece of shit and deserves to lose his job. If Urban yep. Meyer covered it up and covered and lied for him all these years, yes, then I believe Urban Meyer d- deserves to lose his job. Um, I, I, but I do think, though, if, if again, if they, have, if they had the evidence, they would have done it. Ohio State's first practice was on Friday. Uh, they would have swept it under the rug and gotten rid of it so they could have started the season over fresh with a new coach and not have this distraction looming for the next two weeks. I think there's something more here to this, so I'm not going to speculate as to one way or another. Uh, what I have heard out of Columbus, though, you know, I've got a lot of friends who are high, high-profiled attorneys and boosters and all of that shit, was that the couple themselves in real life were ridiculous and drunks and uh, screaming at each other in public, uh, you know, not necessarily physical with one another, but... They were just that couple, which we all look, everybody's friends with that couple who just gets hammered and they're the worst fucking people on the planet. So, uh, and again, this is all I've heard about this. Um, uh, otherwise why stay in a marriage for, for 10 years or whatever it was. So I, I really don't know the facts. They will come out in court. Uh, all, all I can wait for is, is whatever decision this independent council is going to make on Ohio state. And we'll know that in 14 days. Um, I think they don't want to make the, the same decision as when they let Jim Tressel grow, go uh, years ago uh, for coach of Ohio State's because, uh, you know, his players were receiving benefits. Once they did the investigation, it turned out the benefits were the kids were trading uh, game-used pants for tattoos, namely Terrell Pryor, who has magically turned his career around and he's playing receiver in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, it's not – I mean, he isn't, he isn't blowing it up or anything, but he's – He's making money. Yeah, he's look. I, he, I, the deal he signed two years ago was like fifteen or eighteen million, so he's fine. Um, but Dan, didn't something similar happen at UNC today with their football team? Yeah, that's right. So this this investigation has been going on since January, apparently, when UNC self-reported. But um, thirteen of their football players sold their school-issued limited edition Air Jordans. Um, ah, and I don't I don't know what the circumstances of the sell, the sale was. I don't think it was for tattoos or anything, but. Either way, that happened. So now they're going to get each suspended for a minimum of one game. I think some guys got four, depending on the circumstance. And they're going to stagger because a lot of the guys play the same position, and it's a level two offense. They're going to get staggered suspensions. Gotcha. So it won't be all the same game, basically. Okay. I, I mean, me personally, first reaction to all of this shit, because I remember when this happened in Terrell Pryor at Ohio State. Not, not to say that Terrell Pryor is a fucking upstanding citizen, um, but I feel bad for these athletes. Uh, in particular, the athletes that, that come in and, and play from, you know, the poor, piss-poor neighborhoods. And, uh, you know, a lot of these kids uh, are from bad areas, um, low-income, low-income housing. They don't have parents to give them pocket money to rock, walk around with in college. 
just because you get yeah, a, right. I mean, a free education and you know books and they give you a card for food, they don't give you any money. So if you want to go out on a date or take somebody out, um, you, you, you don't have that option. When the cafeteria closes, you don't have the option to go out and get food if you want. So you, you, exactly, yeah. You, I mean, I, I liken it to, and a lot, our, our uh, uh, listeners should, a lot of them should be able to kind of, you know, I don't know, empathize with this, but if you're a private young soldier, airman, marine, uh, sailor, you know, yeah, you can go to the chow hall three times a day within certain hours, but if you, if work takes you outside of those windows or you want to go do something or any of that stuff, you're just kind of like, you're making bullshit, like 1300 bucks a month. You can't do shit, right? Yeah, you can't do anything. And like, you know, for, for these kids, like, look, I, I, I got a bunch of offers out of high school. Um, back then, I don't know if it's different now. We, we only got to use three, we got three visits to Division One schools for the NCAA. Uh, I got to go inside the pro. I actually walked on. I got invited to walk on at Ohio State for football, which I did. It was a four-year starter in there in my position, and coach was like, "Look, you might be good enough to make the the, the fucking bench team, but uh, you know this guy is probably going to be a four-year starter here and uh, and eat up that scholarship." Um, so I got to see the ins and outs of of how it works at a, at a big institution like a like an Ohio State or like a UNC. And again, with all these three NCAA visits, I went to Tennessee. Uh, Georgia, and then one other school that I visited to see how their football programs works. Here's how it works, essentially. And you can tell me if this is close to the military, Dan. But uh, these kids mostly are getting up 5, 5.30, 6 in the morning. Uh, they get a workout usually from 6, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Then they go to classes all day. Then they've got to go to football practice itself afterwards. Then they work out after that. You sleep or study, uh, your choice. And then you're back at it again the next day. Um, in your, you know, whatever downtime you have, let's say you have a girlfriend or, you know, you want to go out and get some food with your buddies. Uh, there is a bye week during the football season. What are you, what are you supposed to do for fun? What are you supposed to do with? Yeah, exactly. And that it's the same thing with the military. And it's why guys and, and gals get so fucking hammered all the time. Because if you work, like you wake up in the military, it's more like waking up at five, go do PT, go eat come back and do whatever training and, and your job for the day until 6 p.m. And then you go, I mean, not everybody does this, but, uh, you know, go work out afterwards and then you have a couple hours of free time. If you work that hard for that long, five to six days a week consistently, then you need a release, man. You got to build it. You're a human being. I don't, I don't know why we expect these guys. Like, yeah, they're getting a free ride to college. That's great. But they're still a fucking human being. Yeah. Um, like they, we call them prima donnas or spoiled because they want to fucking enjoy the two hours that they actually get to themselves a day. That's nonsense to me. Yeah, and you know, I I, I don't agree with it. Uh, and and in particular, man, for the, some of these kids that that live in these these poor areas, man, I I don't. I mean, you're you're walking in with nothing at that point, and uh, you know, you look around in the stands. You know, say like we'll use Ohio State as an example. There's 110,000 people that go to the game there. Uh, average ticket price is about 75 bucks a ticket, 110,000. Yeah. I mean, you're making billions of dollars for the university and, uh, and these kids don't get any of it. Um, something has got to change or, you know, the things that are happening at like USC or UNC today, that's going to continue to keep happening. Um, so I, I don't know what the answer is, but I think at least at the very minimum, these kids should have a fucking allowance you know, from the university, you know, a weekly allowance, like a per diem or something. Um, yeah, at a minimum. So, so yeah, so something. they can, you know, do something in the outside world. 
because uh, again, these cafeterias close, like same as in the military. So it's you're fucked at that point. Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, if you don't make it within a certain time, and sometimes it's not even your fault, like a practice goes long or you're out somewhere doing something for the team and your transportation gets fucked up and you can't get back in time. So what do you just not eat? I mean, these guys are poor as fuck. Yeah. Right. The average, the average college football player is not, uh, is not a guy that came in, um, from a, from an upper middle class family where their family's just going to give them, you know, money to walk around with when they get, when they get, uh, to the university. Yeah, not at all. So, uh, look, hopefully they, they do something, but I, I doubt it. It's a real slippery slope at that point. Cause then you worry about, you know, boosters and, and coaches overpaying kids or, you know, on the side or whatever. Uh, it's kind of a mess to me. I, I look, it's, it should be some form of salary, same as a college kid working in any other job. And, and I know that's, that's also been an argument of, Hey man, I, I don't understand why can't they get a fucking job in the off season. There is no off season. There's about two weeks, uh, two weeks right after the bowl game. There's two weeks and then boom, you're back in workouts again and off the field activities and all that other shit. Like the, you know, and what do you, what do you want them to go work for that two weeks and save up money for the rest of the year? You know, they don't exactly. There's no job in America. that's going to, you can work two weeks and it's going to, uh, pay for the rest of your year, uh, going out no. and dates and whatnot. Um, but enough of that. Cause we could go on about that for hours. Let's get to the, the coaches poll that just got released. Uh, on ESPN with the top 25. Uh, we'll do a rundown of that, and then, Dan, I'm going to get your uh, way-too-early college football playoff predictions yep. as well as your national champion for the 2018-2019 season. Uh, you, do you have a dog over there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can hear it. Actually, it's my dog and Dave's dog, and they're fighting each other. Okay. All right. Well, look, this season's going to be a dog fight. Nailed it. Boom. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's start with uh, Alabama comes in at number one. How do you think Alabama's going to do this year? Um, I think Alabama's going to have a good season. I'm kind of curious to see how this, uh, this Hurts situation is going to play out. Like, is he going to take um, – is he going to be a backup quarterback that fucking is a cancer in the locker room all year, or is he going to go use his athleticism to be a slot receiver or a secondary option in, in the backfield? Or something like that. That's that's the big question for me, because Nick Saban doesn't give a fuck about this kid's feelings. I guarantee you that. Oh yeah, no, um, no. Nick Saban and the young guy. What's up? Nick Saban eats the same meal every single day. Do you know that? Yeah, he's a sociopath. So, uh, whoever is the best option statistically is who's going to be in the game. And it looks like it's uh, the Tua kid. You know, I mean, he's he came in and, and mopped that game up pretty much. Uh, under the biggest kind of pressure scene you can start. So uh, we'll see how he does for a long season. I think he's got a weird delivery, to be honest, and I'm not sure if with more exposure, teams aren't going to figure that out. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. I, I, uh, when, when I watched the national championship last year, and, let, and let's look, this is we're only judging this kid off of one half of football because that's all he essentially played. Uh, this two a kid for Alabama. I, I, I watched the footage of that. Uh, I watched that game again. Two of his touchdown passes went to different receivers that he was not throwing to. Um, yeah. People had undercut the route, and the, the receivers he was intentionally trying to throw to uh, were covered. If it weren't for Alabama's athleticism and undercutting these passes to go and pick these off, I mean, it could have been a, a blowout for Georgia, and I thought it was. Um, you know, at, at halftime, it was 13-0. to zero. I've never seen a coach 
bench not only their quarterback, but they put in a true freshman running back and then a true freshman receiver who kids who have never played before, putting them in to play the second half of your national championship game. Yep. Was I mean, it's a ballsy move. It kind of reminds me of when uh, in the NBA Finals, uh, Steve Kerr decided to put Iguodala on the bench and then bring him back for the death lineup with four smalls or five smalls at the same time. It's very interesting, but it worked. Yeah, it, it worked. But like, I, I have a theory about this, and I've talked with a couple, a bunch of my best friends, because I'm from Georgia originally, went to Alabama yep. to, for school, and they're diehard, you know, Tide fans. Uh, I have a theory that I brought up to them um, just to get their honest opinion. Because look, let's let's face it, uh, Alabama fans are just underneath ISIS in this world to me. Um, Roll Tide. Uh, yeah, Jesus Christ, uh, I hate that so much. I know. Um, but but uh, you know, when I asked them, I said, "Look, here's my theory about that game. First of all, I thought the game was, I thought it was bullshit that two SEC schools were allowed in the in the college football playoffs." Um, so how do you think they should have handled that? They should have done the uh, playoff schedule differently? I, or, 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 or I think you should expand it to eight teams. Um, yeah. I, I'm not necessarily saying Ohio State should have got in because they, they were fifth. But I, I, I would have liked to have seen, uh, truthfully, UCF get in. Um, uh, with the, you know, they were undefeated to get that, that, that fourth slot. So if, if I'm looking back at the college football playoffs from last year, I think that you know, UCF deserved it over Alabama because they were undefeated. And uh, they ended up mopping the floors with Auburn, who, let's face it, Auburn mopped the floors with Alabama. Um, so I don't, I don't know who, who, who would have won and what the outcome would have been, but I thought they deserved it. I think the playoffs should go to eight teams first. Uh, second, with, with my friends that I did ask you know, who went to Alabama about that game, they, I, I brought up this theory of, I think Saban, they were getting beat so bad at halftime. And when I mean beat, not, the score was 13 to zero, but um, what's his nuts? Uh, Jalen Hurts, was, he had thrown yep. for like 30 yards at halftime. They had like, I don't know, 40 yards rushing. I mean, it was the most abysmal offensive performance I've, I've ever seen in a, in a championship game. Um, I got the feeling that Saban was emptying out his bench to get these kids some playing time and really wasn't expecting to win. And then all of a sudden, holy shit, that, that kid starts throwing Hail Marys and they're getting caught. And then they ride the hot hand and win the national championship. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That's a good theory. I like it, though. Um, so at, at, yep. at that halftime last year of the Ohio State game, when, when JT Barrett got hurt, uh, they brought in... Uh, this kid named Dwayne Haskins to play. And our starting quarterback came out and was fully in full pads, helmet, everything for the second half. And then he ended up lighting it up and doing really well. And it almost seemed like they wanted to get him some playing time. So it seemed like a similar situation to me. Um, and when I watched that game, like that kid's passes weren't going that to a kid where they were supposed to go. And uh, I, I don't know. The, the whole thing reminded me of like a spring scrimmage at the end of the day, Alabama versus Georgia. And uh, I, I, I hope that doesn't happen again this year. Yeah, I mean, he's... He, he, what am I getting at here? His passes were not crisp. Um, he's got a weird hitch. Uh, and his long pass of the year was 60 yards, right? Right. Which, which means he probably threw a 15-yard like, cut route and somebody ran it that far. Um, and he had a huge, like his, his completion percentage was 64%, so it was really high. So I can't imagine that uh, he was throwing the ball very far with that, kind of, with that kind of motion. Although they did have really, I mean, Calvin Ridley, for example, um, 
they have some legit receivers, but yeah. And look, know, you, you can when you have legit receivers. Uh, like take Deshaun Watson last year. There was a lot of Deshaun Watson's balls as the quarterback of the Houston Texans, where he chucked it up to uh, Anth- you know uh, Hopkins and. I fuck, dude, he can go up and get those balls, man, uh, anywhere. If you have a great receiver, they can make up for a, a shitty quarterback any day. And if I think if Baker Mayfield gets a chance to play, it'll be the same way with him in Cleveland where he can just chuck the ball up and you know Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon will go up and get the ball and make his completion percentage better. I don't know that he has that option this year with Cal- Calvin Ridley out, that two a kid no, down there. No, and I mean, the, the big question mark for me, aside from all this, is how well is their defense going to play, right? I mean, it's it's... The SEC doesn't fuck around. Um, there's some teams over there that can put up some points, and there's also a lot of really good defenses. How much pressure are they going to be able to take off of this kid who's only throwing like 80 passes in his college career? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then, you know, know. their strength is scheduled to Alabama's is awful. It's, it's one of the worst in the nation. I think they're – I believe they're playing three Division two schools this year, which – I, no, nobody should the caliber of Alabama should be playing that like we'll run through their schedule real quick Louisville Saturday they, look they have no Lamar Jackson they have no shot uh that yep. spread is like fucking 30 um Arkansas State which I don't know if that's it this is one of the it might be D1 might be D2 I, I don't even know what that is to be honest with you uh Ole Miss uh they're Sunbelt they're okay Sunbelt. so they are they're at least they're division one um Ole Miss Ole Miss is at Ole Miss. Uh, just because of the fans of Ole Miss, it, that, it should be a relatively decent enough game. But uh, talent-wise, they don't really have the talent to hang with Alabama. Uh, so that, that's not a tough one. Uh, Texas A&M. Um, don't know. I, no idea how their squad's going to be this year. Um, but I, certainly, I, I don't think they're, they're going to be able to compete with Alabama. Uh, then you have Louisiana Lafayette. There we go. There's a there's a nice D two school for you. Uh, Arkansas, yeah. terrible. Uh, Missouri, not 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 good at all. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee hasn't had a good program since what T Martin, twenty years ago. It's been a minute. Yeah. Uh, LSU. I, now normally I would say yes. This is going to be a fucking crazy tough game. LSU doesn't have a quarterback. And they st- no, they lost Juice, they lost Williams, Etling, and Sh- and Shark. They they lost like all of their offensive playmakers, like running back, receivers, quarterback. So who knows? Maybe they put some shit together, but I'm I'm surprised they're they're in, they're ranked 24th right now. I don't know how. Uh, look, you know, it's one of those schools that's always been around. So I think you throw them a mercy, like, hey, you're you made the top 25, but truthfully, we have no idea. Yeah. Um. Now November 10th at Mississippi State. Uh, yeah, that's a big yeah. One. That one, I think, I think Mississippi State is one of the sleepers this year, and um, yep. I think that's going to be a really, really tough game. Um, uh, but that's that's about it on this schedule. You have uh, the yeah. week after that is Division Two, the Citadel. How do you how do you like yeah. the Citadel this year, Dan? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, they got Auburn the next week. Auburn, that's their that's their uh, you know rivalry. Yeah, and, and look, anything's possible. Technically, is a top ten team right now, but Auburn has the toughest schedule in college football. I think. Yeah. So I look. Um, I, I they I, play Washington State, Georgia, Alabama. Come on. Yeah, I got you know I got this Mississippi State game is is uh, relatively tough. Maybe Ole Miss just because of where it's at in Auburn, but that's that's it. Yeah. Um, I think yep. you know I think they breeze through this schedule, and uh, this is. This is my first team in uh, and into the college football playoffs. 
simply because of their schedule. I, I don't think anybody's going to yeah. beat them, and they're they're number one already. So, you know, they would have to lose a game or two to get out of that. And I don't, I just don't see it in this schedule where where they lose one game. To be honest with you, I think uh, Mississippi State can beat them. But it is the, that why. game is at home. So Alabama at least it has a home, home game. Yeah, that'll be tough. So yeah, you got that. Uh, Mississippi State's got Fitzgerald, who I think is a Heisman candidate. Uh, their defense is top five. Um, they have the SEC leaders coming back for sacks and interceptions. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll I see. I think they're. I think Mississippi State uh, is a top ten team by the end of the year. I, I, I like that call, actually. I, I, I do, too. Um, and we need more parity out, uh, out of the SEC because right now yep. uh, Alabama has just dominated everybody for years and years and years. I, I, look, I know Georgia had a great team last year. We'll get to them in a second. But uh, I, t- to me, those are the only, you know, the cream of the crop right now. And, and everybody else is kind of left for the wayside uh, out yep. there. Uh, next up, we got number two, Clemson. Uh, yeah, Clemson's schedule is, uh, I mean, it's not terrible. They, got, uh, they, lead, they lead off with Furman, which is where Michael Corleone went to college, by the <laughs> way. Um, no, Furman is like a little tiny school, and in, in actually in upstate South Carolina. Yeah. And then they got Texas A&M. That's at A&M, so that could be a tough game. Uh, but, you know, not that tough. And then they have Georgia Southern, Georgia Tech, Syracuse. They actually lost to Syracuse last year, so that's going to be, they'll probably beat Syracuse by 40 points this year. Yeah. Um, just because they're pissed off. Then Wake Forest, NC State, and they don't have their real first game until Florida State on October 27th, in my opinion. They shouldn't, there's no chance they should lose any of the games leading up to that. Wow. Is, is uh, Francois, that quarterback for Florida State, is he, is he back and healthy now? He should be. You know, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I, they've, they've been kind of mo- like, uh, look, Florida State's, uh, uh, I don't want to say that it's a, it's a fucking weird down year, but I mean, they're, they're, they're coming in the rankings at number 19. They've been silent all offseason. I haven't heard one fucking word about Florida State. Um, well, you know what they do have? They have uh, Akers and Patrick in the backfield. So whoever, if that kid's healthy at quarterback, I think they got a pretty good shot to put up some good numbers. Same, but the, the question will come down to whether or not that kid can stay healthy. I was at uh, that opening game last year against Alabama in the, yeah. in the opening of the new Georgia Stadium in Atlanta, and uh, – I saw him, you know, get his little legs ripped off there. And uh, I ho- look, I hope yeah. he's back and healthy. He is fun to watch when he's healthy. But you know, up until that injury in the third quarter, Alabama was still kicking the shit out of them, anyways. Uh, yeah, well, they were never going to match it without. I mean, out their, their offensive line, Florida State's offensive line, has sucked for the last couple of years. Uh, so I don't, I don't. There's no indication it's going to get any better this year. So. If the kid's not hurt now, he probably will be in a couple of months. Yeah, either way, it was a horrifically boring game to be at. Holy shit. Um, watching Alabama's offense is, is awful. Um, yeah. Uh, it, look, and, and it, this is no shock. It's, it's never been fun to anybody. Uh, that's just how Saban works his life. I remember Coach Trestle's offense for Ohio State was very stagnant like that as well. And Jesus Christ, yeah. even as a fan, I was like, I can't fucking watch this. Um, uh, but I, I, I've got look. I've got Clemson as my sleeper to win it all this year. Um, Same, and uh, I don't think it's a sleeper. I think that is the pick. I don't, I don't, I haven't seen a compelling argument for any other team to be. Well, honest. The, according to the coaches' poll, um, you know, sixty-one votes went to Alabama for number one. Yep. Three went to Clemson. Yeah, that's really surprising for me. The only other team I, to receive a vote was Ohio State, and they got one vote, and they're at number three. Yeah. 
Um, Think about Clemson, though. In contrast to Alabama, who lost, you know, big names, right? And they have this quarterback bullshit going on. Clemson has three seniors and a junior returning to make up there, which is, in my opinion, unquestionably the best defensive line in college football. Uh, and then they have, you know, a deep running back core. Um, I expect their uh, Trevor Lawrence to see some time pretty quickly, um, getting snaps maybe right out of camp. Um, I think they're going to put up big points, and they have like a serious defense. Yeah, and look, um, I, I think that quarterback, you know, now that he's got a year under his belt, um, is yeah. is going to be even better. Uh, I also love Dabo Sweeney as a coach, man. I, I just think that he's a great leader and he's a great motivator. Uh, more importantly, yep. he's a great recruiter. He's able to get, you know, fuck DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins, all these yep. guys. You start going down a list of all of uh, Dabo Sweeney's fucking NFL superstars that he's been able to to wrangle out of that, that team for the last few years. Like Dabo Sweeney is a fucking force to be reckoned with. My, the top three coaches in football, uh, you know, you, you got Saban at one, obviously. I'd put Urban Meyer at two if he keeps his job. And then Sweeney's at three, man. I, those yep. are the top three doing it. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, I, I think he wants to build an institution that, you know, uh, fucking the same way Alabama is. Um, and uh, he's great. Yep. So I, I, I would not be surprised at all if, you know, even though they're ranked number two in these preseason polls, if they win it all, uh, he's that good and their team is that good. Um, and they also have a, yeah. a fairly light schedule as well. Uh, that'll, yeah, they that'll, do. I mean, after Florida State, they play Louisville, Boston College, and Duke, none of whom are going to do shit. And then they play South Carolina, the rivalry game. It's at, it's at Death Valley, so I wouldn't expect them to lose that one. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously the ACC championship, will, which would probably be against Miami, you would have to assume. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I think I think they got a good shot. So Ohio State, let's let's talk. Yeah, about number this number. A we'll more. go to number three, Ohio State. Um, uh, look, I think Ohio State is so loaded talent wise that it, I, I don't really give a fuck who the coach is at this point. So I, I hope it's Urban Meyer, but if it's not Urban Meyer. Guess what? I don't fucking care. Uh, that that yeah, that matter. day guy who's taking over as our interim head coach right now, from what I understand, is offensive genius. Uh, they paid him uh, one of the highest salaries ever for a, a non-offensive or defensive coordinator last spring of, of a million dollars. Um, he was originally supposed to take over as the offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans. Ohio State bought him out of that. They they know something that we don't know, and they're moving to a pro-style offense. With uh, Dwayne yep. Haskins at quarterback, he, he again, one of those guys like Tua, you only got to see a good half of him last year, but the half we did see, he was fucking flawless. I, I believe he was 8-9. You know, yeah, dude, his, I mean, and he, he saw time. I, obviously, a lot of it was in mop-up, you know, minutes, but um, he completed 40 of 57 passes last season. Yeah, ac- accurate, uh, great deep threat, and isn't afraid to, to run the ball here and there. Uh, look, the Nick Bosa is probably, you know, uh, he, I, I want to say he, he might be number one pick in the NFL draft this year. He's just as good as Joey Bosa. Um, yep. he's the defensive, you know, rookie of the year. And, uh, I look, the, the only question is their schedule at this point, because it's, there's some tough games. Like, you know, first where Oregon state's at home, big deal, uh, Rutgers second game, big deal. And, and, and you know, since I shit on Alabama's schedule, um, and in Clemson's as well. I'm going to shit on Rutgers for them allowing them in the, in the Big Ten. I, I don't think they should have allowed Rutgers in the Big Ten whatsoever. I would have loved to rather yeah. seen them going out and, and grab a Notre Dame. 
Uh, Rutgers is, is not a sports school whatsoever. Well, um, do you think Notre Dame is ever, because a lot of that is tied in with their TV contract. Uh, I don't, they're going to be in group of five and out into perpetuity probably. Right? Yeah. Somebody changes I, yeah. And I, I just, I wish this never would have happened. So the fact that they're on our schedule is simply because they're in the big 10. Otherwise yep. you wouldn't be playing a school like Rutgers. And I think they're fucking shitty. And I think it's yeah. shitty that they they're, let them in the garbage, big 10. Yeah. Uh, now the th- I'm sure Rutgers gave them a lot of money to take that matchup, right? Well, then, I, no, that's not that's an end conference game, so they can't really do that. What, what I yeah, exactly. What I had heard, um, yeah, it's a, it's a conference game. We play Rutgers, you know, now every year since they just joined the conference three years ago. But what I had heard was they were looking for a team in the tri-state New York area that can bring in you know extra ratings for the other schools in the Big Ten. Hence, they let Rutgers in. Uh, it makes sense, but uh, to me, mm-hmm. find a fucking better school with a bigger fan base. Like th- this is that's a worthless game every year, and it will be this year too, regardless of right. who's the coach. Week three, here's when shit really starts to get tough. Uh, we are at TCU, which is on a neutral stadium at AT and T. You and I, Jerry yep. World, you and I will be there for this game. Uh, we will. Yeah. It is the Saturday night game on a- ABC at eight o'clock. Uh, we'll be partying, tailgating. We'd love to tailgate with you. If you guys are going to be there, uh, let us know. Uh, hit us up on Drinking Bros Sports um, and let us know if you're going to be there. Because we'll also be there the night afterwards for the Dallas game versus uh, the New York Giants for that, that 8 o'clock. Yeah, which means we'll have plenty of time Sunday morning to uh, recover. Yep. Endless mimosas somewhere. And uh, look, we're throwing in some key bumps. So whatever happens, happens. We're all adults. Um, <laughs> but we're down to party. And I, and that's a tough game, man. I, I don't. Uh, yeah, it's tough. TCU is always tough every year, man. So I, I don't know how that's going to shake out, to be honest with you. And I like TCU. They're a top 10 defense, man. And, you know, when you're playing on the road against a great defense, that's fucking tough. And, and, and Especially look, when you have a young quarterback who's only throwing 57 passes in his career. Basically. Exactly. So, uh, you know, that game's going to be really tough. And it's essentially a home game for TCU. Um, so, I, I don't know. That's a really fucking tough out-of-conference game, the third game of the year. Uh, Tulane, whatever. That's a fucking blow off game. Uh, but then, yeah. then you're you're going to shit, man. This is crazy. Two, State College. Two weeks after TC at TCU, then you're at Penn State. Yep. Fuck, that's a tough. That's not the easiest game. place to play. Either. It never Although is. Although at least the weather, the weather is still relatively normal at that point in the year, so it's not the worst. But the fans are fucking crazy. Fans are crazy. They, they uh, usually do a whiteout in the stadium. Um, yeah. it, it's one of those teams that, dude, it, it always gives Ohio State fits every fucking year. Yep. And it's tough, man. It is a tough place to play. Uh, their, their head coach, that Franklin guy, I believe the hype, man, he brought a program back from the fucking brink of disaster, him and Bill O'Brien. And uh, Yep. With very limited options uh, because of their uh, God, the scholarship situation. It's look the, the the name Penn State is still synonymous with with the fucking Sandusky thing, and it's like yep. to try. I don't think I don't think you know people understand how hard it is to try to go out and recruit for Penn State um, when that is still fresh on everybody's mind. That's tough. Uh, I mean, shit. They just Pacino just played a goddamn Paterno in a document. They did a they did a whole yep. biopic on HBO on it. Uh, so that's a tough yep. one. Um, you know, breezing down the schedule here. They got Nebraska uh, at home. I think uh, that that Frost guy, Scott Frost, is their new coach. He was the coach of UCF, the, the national champions, yep. the co-national champions of last yeah. year. Um, self-described. <laughs> I think and, you and I should throw our own parade. Let's not even have a team, and let's just throw a parade at the end of the year and declare that we won the championship. Be so good. Apparently, It'd that's be all you have so to do. good. 
Um, but that that game's a tough game. I, that'll probably be the night game. Um, uh, that's Saturday, uh, and uh, th- then the week after, then they're at Michigan State. Yeah, that's a tough. Fuck, one. man, that's not a that's that is a really fucking tough game. Uh, Mark D'Antoni, man, he's he's always got a good squad, and they're they're always scrappy. Those motherfuckers. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I mean they're strong up the middle on D two, yeah. which kind of plays against what Ohio State does. So I don't know. Oh. That that's a tough one. I think uh, Michigan State is going to be in the top ten by that time of year too. I do too. Uh, that's a, that's that's a tough game. Um, and then you know obviously we have uh, Michigan is our last game of the year. Michigan's always yep, fucking Michigan, you know. It's always a one-score game, no matter what. And uh, I think this year, more than ever, Harbaugh's job is on the line. And if he loses again, that'll be his his fifth or sixth loss in a row to Michigan. And I think he's out at that. I mean, to Ohio State. And uh, I think he's out yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah. Um, yeah, they would have to get rid of him. What's interesting? What's been going on at Michigan though, with all the transfer quarterbacks coming in? People want to play for Harbaugh, right? Yeah, but um, I, I to me, it's not enough time to learn the system. So yeah, you're gonna have like this. Patterson came in from Ole Miss, right? Yeah, and he was on he was on pace to throw for about four thousand yards last year before he went down with a knee injury. Yeah, so I, can he pick up that? Can he pick up that uh, that offense fast enough? Because they're running back. He's pretty legit. It is. So I, I I don't know what's gonna happen there, but 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 it's a tough out, and it's even more so this year because Harbaugh's job is on the line, and then uh, the Big yep. Ten championship game. Um, so that's a tough one, man. That's a, that's a really fucking tough schedule. Uh, number four is Georgia, uh, surprise of last year. And, uh, that Jake Fromm kid is the fucking truth, man. Yeah, he's good. I, I mean, he's the only reason they're, and they're ranked this high. Cause I honestly, uh, I don't, they lost Roquan Smith. I don't see them. I don't, they're not going to be a top 10 t- team at the end of the year. Yeah, they, look, they lost both of their superstar running backs. They, they, they lost uh, Roquan Smith, I thought, was fuck, maybe the player in the draft to me as far as talent-wise, him and Saquon yeah. Barkley. Like, those guys were fucking animals, and I, I think Roquan yep. Smith is going to be a, an amazing football player in the NFL. Yep. Um, Georgia, uh, it's one of those teams. They, look, they haven't won in 38 years at this point, so – um, I think last year was their year to do it. And I think when you come that close and you're on the brink, and especially you had Alabama on your heels, the same thing happened to the Atlanta Falcons the year after they lost that 28-3 lead to, uh, to New England. I, I think yep. there's some sort of hangover from that. Um, but the one kid, it, look, uh, the one kid I, I, I believe in is, is that Fromm kid. I think he is the truth. There's a, a great documentary on Netflix right now called QB1 that followed Jake Fromm in high school, Tate Martell, who's the backup quarterback of Ohio State, and uh, this kid named Boykins, or Trevor Boyton, um, who I believe is going to be the quarterback at Wake Forest. And uh, watching that Fromm kid in high school, man, that that is not your typical high school athlete. That guy is a fucking beast. And um, if there's anybody who can will this team to victory, I I think it's that kid. So I, I think Georgia hangs around the top 10 most of the year. And then they fall out towards the end. But uh, I believe in Fromm, and I, I believe they can get back to a national championship with him at the helm maybe next year, uh, just not this year. Uh, yeah, I don't see it this year. Next up, we got Oklahoma at five. Uh, eh. uh, look, the, 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 the starting quarterback for Oklahoma got drafted in the Major League Baseball draft. Yep. Yeah, and he's uh... – it's funny. I, I believe his agent is Scott Boris, right? And he's saying there's no way this kid's coming back after this year. He's not. So, yeah, because there's look, there's a what know. fourteen million dollar contract on the table right now. 
Yeah, in, in pretty much. He was a first round draft pick, so in, he's going to get some in money. Major League Baseball. But I, I believe the exact amount was like I don't know, thirteen point six or something crazy, and it was just like if if it were me, there's not one fucking prayer I would play for one down for Oklahoma as the starting quarterback. No. I don't know what this guy's doing. I don't either uh, because it, it's it's one thing to love football and love love sports and all that other sh- uh, other shit, but it's another thing to throw away that kind of money for Major League Baseball. Because I always look at the Chris yeah. Winky situation where you yep. can take the money, go pro, and then you still have all four years of eligibility left. You can come back and play. I don't know yep. if this kid's burned any eligibility left, but I mean, fuck, there is no bigger dream on this planet than what Chris Winkie did in his life to come back to college at 28 years old and be the starting quarterback of Florida state. Not only are you yep. rolling in millions of dollars, but the pussy that is raining down on you from the sky <laughs> as the, as a college yeah. quarterback with that kind of money, that is you, bro. You were living everyone's dream. Get the fuck out of Oklahoma. Go play that. And that that's, that's uh, minor league baseball system. See, look, see if you could be one of the best. And then if you are great, if you're not, go back to college when you're 28 and yeah. enjoy pussy. I can promise you at 28, 28 years old, you're going to appreciate what 20 year old pussy is like uh, once you're out of it. You know, right around that 28 age range is when you're like, man, is there anything better in this world than 20 year old pussy? Probably not. Probably. Yeah, not. that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think what the problem is, is his agent Boris is uh i don't know what the fuck he's doing like why isn't i if, if it were me if i was scott boris and this kid was my client i would strangle him if he tried to play football right now well look boris is a dirtbag um first and foremost oh yeah big time and, and everybody knows that i i have no doubt this is not boris me personally i have no doubt he's called this kid repeatedly and said do not fuck this up um yeah and, and this kid's probably like no man i want to play or maybe i can get a I, look, if he thinks he's going to be a superstar NFL player and he thinks he can get a higher contract, then uh, dude, he's five ten, man. He's not fucking. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't think somebody like that is an NFL quarterback. Uh, no. A lot of these kids who run like that, you know, run the ball in, in college football, never ever translate to to the NFL, uh, especially the smaller ones. So uh, I, I just I don't see it happening. Take the fucking baseball money. Come back. Come back yeah. later. Uh, but I, I don't look. Oklahoma's a, a top five program. I don't. I don't have a lot too much uh, hope for them to, to go back uh, without Baker Mayfield and those guys. I thought Baker w- No, I think them. Uh, them ranked at fifth is kind of ludicrous, to be honest. Uh, like, their, their defense is just not that great. No, no. You, I, you, you don't stay in the top five or even top ten without a great defense. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Massive numbers, and this kid's not going to do it. I, I, I'm, with, I'm with you on that one. I think he'll be, I think he'll be pretty fucking good. I just uh, – they don't have that kind of defense, and – you know, I, I think Oklahoma is going to be a fringe, te- uh, fringe team all, all season around the top 10-ish uh, range. Uh, Washington is number six. I, I've got them uh, I got them as a sleeper to, to, to get into the college football playoffs. Uh, I believe in— I like them. Yeah, I believe in, I in their coach from the Boise playoffs. State. I think that guy's uh, incredible, and I think uh, anything is possible with that guy. Um, yeah, I like Jake Browning, their quarterback. He's 6'2". He's— uh... He's thrown for like almost 10,000 yards in his college football career as a senior. He knows the system. Uh, and they have uh, – the, the problem I see with them is, one, they're going to get challenged early because they got to play Auburn right up front. And the receivers are a little green. Like they've, they lost uh, – what was his name? Uh, or they have Miles Gaskin. But other than him, uh, the receiver core is pretty, pretty uh, young. So who knows, man? I mean, you can – Auburn's a pretty good team. So if they get hammered in that first game, 
he's a senior, so I think he'll be fine. But if some of the younger guys that haven't gelled yet, maybe it fucks with their head a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but if they whip Auburn coming out, if, I think if they if they put a, a hurt on Auburn on September 1st, then they're going to have, I think they'll be in the college football playoff. Where is that Auburn game, by the way? Um, it is in Washington. Ah, well, look, they, they definitely got a shot. That helps. Um, yep. Coming in at number seven, we got Wisconsin. Wisconsin, another sleeper team for me. The only thing I, I look, I, I think Wisconsin, I, I thought they were, they were really good last year. I think they're going to be great again this year. Uh, oh, the yeah. only the only knock on on Wisconsin is they they have one tough game the entire year and I believe it's at Penn State and uh, that's it their schedule was is shit um, so they could they could do the same exact thing as last year sleepwalk to you know an undefeated season regular season and then play somebody in the Big Ten championship like in Ohio State uh, if if the predictions online from all the pundits hold true. And, uh, you know, if they win, they're in. If they don't, they're out. And uh, I think that's where yep. Wisconsin's pretty much going to live all year round. But I think they're going to give uh, people problems if they do get to the playoffs. And uh, look, that that's, uh, is, is, is the sleeper team for our bookie who, uh, who came on today. He, he actually picked Wisconsin really? as a sleeper. Yeah, He picked Alabama to win it all, and he picked uh, Wisconsin as a sleeper. Uh, that's surprising honestly I gotta tell you because half of their defense is gone from last season half of their starting defense uh, left yep that's a lot yeah I, that's a, that's a lot to make up for in one season particularly in the Big Ten it is um, it is although Jonathan Taylor the running back maybe he's he's a top he will make it to the Heisman final round I think this year particularly based on this schedule I mean they're gonna light people up and he rushed for almost 2,000 last year so uh, that was as a freshman so yeah, he's probably coming. This this year will probably be the most peak physical shape he's he will ever be in in his life, his nineteen to twenty year old season. Yeah, so I expect him to go fucking ballistic this year. Yeah, and, and look, you know, I think he's going to rush for a lot of yards, and then you know, also his name is super close to Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who who look, let's face it, rushed into my heart um, in the oh yeah in the early nineties. Uh, big JTT fan had his had his poster up yeah. over my wall. Used to jack to it. Did you? Um, yeah, I had it on the ceiling actually. So it just. I, I on the wall kept taped. I, my neck started to hurt, so I put it on the on the ceiling. Taped, I taped it inside my jeans just because I wanted to have my own secret throughout the day. Um, <laughs> next up, we got Miami. <laughs> Miami was was great last year. Mark Mark Richt is their head coach, the old head coach of Georgia. Uh, then they got to the the final games, and it all fell apart. The wheels fell off, and they looked yeah. horrific. Uh, they had a quarterback change in the middle of that last game. Um, boy, did the wheels fall off fast. Uh, for those for those guys, um, but I, look, I I I I think this team is is probably ranked a little lower than they should be. I think they'll go up and and you know sweep into that five spot Oklahoma area. I wouldn't see them. I I, I mean I wouldn't be surprised to see them towards the top of the uh, the charts as as the uh, the season continues. Um, but I I just don't think they have enough to win a national championship. No, I don't either. I mean they got a. Uh... Well, I, I, first of all, they got a tough start this season. They got to play LSU, who's got a pretty good defense, and Miami's offensive line is kind of questionable. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and that, that's particularly relevant because Rozier had like a he had less than a two to one TD to interception ratio last year, and he got sacked twenty seven times. So we'll see if they fuck his shit up in game one, um, and how that tail end like drop off last year affects how they come out of the, the gate this year too. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll see. Um, but I, look, I, I think they're justified. I think this is a top 10 team all year long. All year, uh, long. Uh, Penn State is up next at number nine. Tough, man. That McSorley kid at quarterback. Uh, I, I, like, I like that kid's moxie. He's fucking sexy. Yeah, I think he, I think he's a I think he's a Heisman candidate maybe if they can he, if he can find somebody to catch his passes. Uh, but Saquon Barkley's gone, so what the gone? Fuck? Yeah, I, I don't know what they're gonna do, but they're and, they're look they're always a tough team and they're well coached. So I never I never, yeah, I never count you know Penn their State offensive out. coordinator. Oh, I don't either. They're they're very scrappy for lack of a better phrase. If you remember their kicker running around blindside tackling people a couple of years. Oh yeah. Ago. Um. Uh, but Moorhead there. Uh, their offensive coordinator left to go coach Mississippi State. So is he, like, he's the guy that put it all together with Barkley, and Barkley's gone, and the offensive coordinator's gone, but McSorley's back. So how does that work? Yeah. You know I mean, I'm curious about that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough sledding, but, uh, again, I, I think anything's possible with McSorley and that coach. I think they're going to do pretty decent. Uh, Auburn, ah, fuck. Auburn every year, man, is a, is a tale of two teams. Uh, they always seem to do well, and then they get housed by somebody like ridiculously. Well, you know housed. what the problem? These, yeah, the, and if they do that this year, if they get if they get whipped by somebody they shouldn't, then they're fucked. They're not even going to be in the top twenty-five because they play Washington State and they play Georgia and Alabama. All three of those teams are top five teams, and they play. Are they playing Georgia Washington State or Washington? Or Washington? Excuse okay. me. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, they get a they get a really tough schedule. So look, they lose that first game. Good luck trying to catch up the rest of the year. Yeah. That's a beast. Yep. Um, then we got number eleven, uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame uh, to me hasn't been good in thirty years. I, I don't care. I, the, the fact that they have a fucking goddamn contract with NBC that all their games are nationally televised is the most bullshit thing on the planet to me um, because it's the easiest recruiting tool on the planet of hey no matter where you live you can watch your kid play every single saturday on nbc yeah right uh yeah they play they play michigan week one and i think they I, beat I think michigan fucking lit up I, you really you think they're gonna i beat do michigan? i think they beat michigan opening week and uh I, the, the spread right now on mybookie.com is three uh on that and uh it's at notre dame i think notre dame beats michigan opening week because I, I michigan still doesn't have a quarterback i don't i don't know who their quarterback is and harbaugh hasn't announced it and that, that game is coming yeah, up quick. I think quick. it's going to be Patterson. It's coming up quick. It's in 24 days. Yep. So, um, I, I look, I think Notre Dame is hyped for game one, and I think they beat Michigan game one, and that sets the tone for Michigan's season, uh, to be honest with you. Because I, I think this, Maybe we'll this see. is the end for Harbaugh this year. That's my prediction. I think, um, one, I think Patterson, who transferred from Mississippi, is going to be the starting quarterback for Michigan. And two, I think they're going to light Notre Dame up. Week ah, we got, we got our first um, uh, uh, fucking against each other. Our first sword yeah, fight, if you will. Yeah, I, let's get our dicks I, we on. We will. And we, we put ready. our dicks on mybookie.com because I'm betting on Notre Dame. So I'll go 100 against you on that on, on mybookie.com. Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. I'm, like I'm going to take Notre Dame. You're going to take Michigan opening week. That'll yep. be our big opening week bet. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. Uh, tell me why you think Michigan is going to lose. Oh, I, it, is it because of the quarterback it, thing? You don't think they have time to it gel? It is. I don't think they, have, they don't have time to gel. And I, you know this other thing about Michigan that I, I don't understand is uh, – so Harbaugh takes these kids around the world in the offseason, um, and they go to like these like weird camps uh, in other cities. Have you seen this? Um, Sports Sport yeah, Center just did a piece where he took them all to Ireland this year, and they got to go to Ireland. Um, yep. I, I think all of this shit, this showmanship shit and uh, going around the world, 
Um, I think it takes too much away from practice when you should be there on the field doing the same shit every single day. And I know Harbaugh's excuse is like, oh, well, the the kids get to see the world and all this other shit. Um, I I think the way that Saban does it is probably the the right way. I mean, how do you go against that that schedule of just a rigid asshole who day in and day out is just going to ride you? You're in the same spot. You're doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, to me, it, it's uh, and look, I wasn't in the military, nor have I ever claimed to be. But but to me, it, it sounds like everything that you've described, Dan, from from being in the military, where it's it's a very military mindset, which that gets the fucking job done in the world. It does, yeah. I mean, especially when you're managing uh, what fifty plus kids on an active roster, and then then the practice. Oh, you're squad looking at yeah, seventy, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, I mean, you can't manage each kid individually. There's no way you have the staff for that. So. And again, I think I, I think there is it, something yeah. to that military mindset where it's just like, hey, we're doing this and this and this and this, and nothing is going to get in your way. There's going to be no distractions. Um, you know, could you imagine if your your fucking drill sergeant, or whoever it was, was just like, hey guys, you know, today we're going to go to space camp uh, in, in yeah. Alabama just exactly. to just yeah. to relax for a little bit, you know, see the sights and yeah. enjoy the world. What? No, we. We'd tell him to go fuck himself, to be honest. Yeah, it's, and, and that's what they're doing with this program. And, and look, to the outside world, I think, I think Harbaugh is trying to improve the brand of Michigan and get that you know, more of a global brand. But I, I don't think it does anything for you on the field. And I, I think he's out after this year. I really believe that. And it's not because I'm a homer uh, and I hate Michigan. I like when Michigan's really good because I think it's good for the conference. And I always root yep. for Michigan in, in the bowl games because I think it's good for the conference and you need this overall. Um, I just, I feel like this is the downfall season for him. And I think it's going to start week one with this Notre Dame game. And again, they have no quarterback and, uh, some of their best players are are gone. So we'll see. Uh, number 12 is Michigan state. Michigan state is always great. Uh, year in and year out. Um, tough schedule, uh, tough team to play. Uh, you never know look, they, they could, they could absolutely, uh, win the big 10. I would not be surprised with that. They've got a great coach and, uh, uh, they've always had a tough running game, um, and they always, they've always got good quarterbacks, man. Their quarterbacks are always always do well for the long run. Yeah, what's that kid's name, Lewerke? Yeah. Or however you say it. Yeah, he's, he's legit. He's legit. And he's got some receivers to throw to you as well. Yeah, so they're, they're, they yeah, they're all good. I, I enjoy, I enjoy uh, uh, watching Michigan State games when they play. Uh, Stanford's coming in at 13. Yep. Going to be re- – Bryce Love. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's what's your uh, feelings on Stanford? So here, here's one of the big questions – yeah, well, here's here's the big question for me this year. This is like uh, one of the more compelling things is uh, Taylor from from Wisconsin or Love from uh, from Stanford. Either do either one of them have a legit chance at winning the Heisman? And here's why I asked that. First, they both put up monster numbers last year, um, and neither one of them won. I think Love was a finalist and he didn't win. Uh, so. Do they have to put up even bigger monster numbers this year? And how likely is that to happen? I don't know if a, can a running back win the Heisman Trophy without doing something incredible. You know what I mean? Do, do, does all of college football have to have a down quarterback season for a running back to win at this point? I mean, obviously it's all been running backs and quarterbacks at 98, right? So that's probably not going to change. Um, but I'm curious to see who the finalists are. I've got some thoughts on that. We can talk about that later. Yeah, I, I look. I actually have Bryce Love winning the Heisman Trophy this year. Okay. Um, I, the I, only the only problem I, I is, and, and this is me personally, and I've seen it living out there is is living in Los Angeles. 
I, I know for a fact nobody watches these games. So all my friends on the East Coast are not up. Uh, and because I, I think I, I thought Christian McCaffrey deserved the Heisman Trophy. Um, yeah, the, sure. the year that he went out, he put up monster numbers that destroyed everybody's, but he didn't get it. And I, I thought he deserved it then, but it's just the fact that nobody, nobody watches them play. Most of their games are on at 1030 at night, um, East coast time. Nobody's up. Nobody watches Stanford and you don't think of Stanford. You still don't think of them as a football school or a sports school, no. even though they're great every year and they're usually in the top 10 and they'll probably win, uh, the pack 10 this year. Um, either them or Washington, in, in my opinion, and uh, I, but they don't get enough love TV wise, and most of the voters on the East Coast are sleeping. Um, however, yep. if you roll through the top four: Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, um, the, the quarterback situation this year for all of those teams is still re- relatively new. I don't; those quarterbacks aren't going to do it. Uh, Ohio State's got two running backs who are both great: J.K. Dobbins and and. Uh, Yep. Uh, that Mike kid. And uh, th- like yep. they're, I-, I think they nuke each other out. I think both of them are going to have a thousand yard seasons, but uh, I think Bryce Love is probably going to have, you know, close to 2,000 yards. And uh, uh, yeah, he will. I mean, he had 2,000 last year. Yeah. So I-, I think he's got a good shot to do it again because, you know, USC, it's a down year for them, I think. And, uh, and UCLA, um, I don't know what they're fucking doing there anymore. Um, Chip yeah. Kelly is there, but it's that's gonna take that's gonna take a couple years for him to get his recruits in there. So, well, they, he doesn't. They don't have a, their quarterback. You said USC, right? Uh, look, you, you, USC and UCLA. Usually, those guys are you know competing for the the the, the Pac-10 championship, and uh, I just yeah. don't see it this year. So, typically, good quarterbacks coming out of there too. But USC, we can skip Michigan, who's fourteen, because we already talked about them. But USC, it, yeah, USC uh, is coming in at fifteen. Yeah. Play, yeah, yeah. Who knows who's gonna play? quarterback for them the leading candidate is a redshirt sophomore who's only thrown nine passes in his career right? yeah but usc also has put up some pretty decent quarterbacks you know historically so we'll see what they can do there they also lost ronald jones uh right their top running back. yeah he's uh he's actually right the there. running back of the tampa bay buccaneers now um that's right and yeah. uh we got ryan jensen his actually the center of the tampa bay buccaneers on the show uh next week um yeah, yeah so right. yeah uh, he's back there. We got uh, at 16. We got TCU again. I, I think that's TCU season is probably going to be predicated on uh, what happens in that Ohio State game week three. Yep. Um, if if they yep. and they got a top 10 defense too, so you you can you can fuck up a lot if you got a great defense. Tough team, so we'll tough team, and, and that's uh, I'm I'm amped that we're going to that game in particular because uh, I I honestly don't know who's going to win. Uh, financially, yeah. uh, though, you know, all my money is on mybookie.com, so you can bet against me on that game. But uh, Dan and I will be there, and uh, it'll be it'll be cool to see TCU up close. And I think that game will be a precursor for uh, if they do well for for how the rest of their season goes. Virginia Tech's at seventeen. Look, they've always got a fucking decent squad. Uh, they've always got that weird, you know, triple option fucking bullshit quarterback system. Uh, yeah. it, but they also also have historically off the field issues every off season and this off season was no different they kicked two guys yep. off the team and all kinds of other bullshit so who knows man yeah who knows uh 18 mississippi state uh it's my this is my sleeper of the year uh mississippi state yeah. they could they could eat they got a new coach yeah they got a new coach that's all right they got a uh, fitzgerald who is definitely a heisman candidate uh top five defensive line um i think they finished in the top 10 
I said that earlier, but I, I'm going to reinforce that. I think they finish in the top 10. I do too. And, and if they beat Alabama, um, then it's going to be a real fucking interesting season for them. So yep. um, I'm expecting big things out of Mississippi State this year. Uh, that, that's, that is definitely a sleeper for me. Florida State is up at 19. Uh, again, if Francois is healthy, uh, we'll, we'll yep. see you know, how far they go. Uh, they've got a tough game one. Who's their, who's their game one, Florida State? Uh, hang on, I'll tell you. I believe it is. Uh, uh, yeah, it is. It's Virginia Tech, actually. So you're, yeah, be yeah you're one. coming out of the gate strong. And I, if, if memory serves, like I remember reading, I think they're the Monday night game this year on the third, um, at Let's eight see. o'clock. That's I right. believe. Yep. Uh, yep. On the ESPN. ESPN's doing those Monday night games this year. So, yep. uh, yeah, that, that'll fuck, man. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a fun one to watch. Um, and. I don't know who's going to win that one. That's a coin toss for me between Florida State and, and yep. Virginia Tech. Uh, but right now they got them at 17 and 19, so that'll be a, that'll be a fun one to watch. Uh, West Virginia at 20. West Virginia's always got a sneaky West, team. West Virginia. They are one of my sleepers. Are they really? One of my sleepers. Oh, yeah. I think they're severely underrated right here. I think Will Greer is going to win the Heisman Trophy. Wow, that is a bold um, prediction yeah. out of Dan. I'm going Bryce Love. So you're, you're saying, okay, yeah, okay, I like it. Here, I think, first of all, one, they have the best receiver core in college football, in my opinion. They have Jennings, Sills, both who are probably going to go for over 1,000 yards, right? Decent run game, and Greer is fucking very accurate. He should have a great year this year, and plus the people they're playing fucking suck. They don't, they don't have a challenging game until, let's see... 11-3, so November 3rd against Texas. That's probably their first real challenging game. They close out the season with some, with some busters. I mean, they, they play at Texas, then they play TCU, then at Oklahoma State, and then versus uh, Oklahoma. Ooh, so those are difficult games. That is, that is a brutal stretch there. It is, but you don't know what shape those teams are be on, will be in. Like, Texas may have fallen off the map by then because they're not doing too much. Oklahoma may suck by then, too. I mean, they may be playing freshman by then, right? Just because it's the last game of the season. I know that's the either way. That is four but... bangers in a row, and that's tough, man. Yeah, it is. Um, it is, but I think this kid's gonna throw. Uh, I think he's gonna throw for over four thousand yards. I think he'll have over forty touchdowns. Wow, that is a bold prediction. I like it. That's what we need out of this show. Uh, Dan, coming out of the gate strong here. I like it. Uh, Twenty-one. We got Texas University of Texas. I, but look, I, I love Tom Herman. He's the head coach of uh, Texas. He was our offensive coordinator at Ohio State. I think the guy's a fucking genius. Um, I think he's finally got his recruits that are coming into the system yeah. ready to play. So I think you're going to start to see what Tom Herman's really made of and Texas is really made of. And uh, hopefully this is their comeback here. I, li- I like it when Texas does well. Um, yeah, I think they might be a little underrated at 21. Um I think they have a very, like, their offensive line improved a lot this year. And they have pretty good wide receivers. And they have two quarterbacks, right? Either one, both of whom have shown that they can, like, play in, the, in college football. So uh, I, I think they have a pretty good shot. Although they play USC and TCU in back to back weeks, three and four. Uh, so that's, that's getting challenged pretty early right there. We'll see how they do. Yeah. Yeah. We'll find out. Uh, Boise State's in at uh, 22. Got a. Uh, yeah. First thing for Boise State, get rid of that stupid fucking. Uh, I love it. I love the Smurf turf. Oh I love the Smurf God. turf. It's so stupid. Big fan of the Smurf turf. I uh, we, we've got a we've got a, a phrase in in betting. Uh, always bet on Boise. Um, much yep. like Snipes is always bet on Black. Boise always seems yep. to cover, man. Um, you could probably bet on every Boise game and go seven and three this year. 
Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, they look, they're they're gonna they return ten defensive starters, which is a fucking huge yep. deal. I don't care what what new talent you're bringing. Returning ten defensive starters is a big deal. Uh, the problem I see with them is that their quarterback, who is listed as a top fifteen guy, like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, uh, but he's coming off his worst statistical season as a starter. Right now, he's a senior. So his junior year, he threw less passes, he completed less, threw less touchdowns, had a lower completion percentage than any season in his career. What's he going to do this year? Yeah, well, I mean, well, if you're a top 15 quarterback, you're a one or two round, first or second round draft pick, technically, right? Yeah. I mean, you at least have that potential. So we'll see. We will we'll see. see. But Boise is always a sneaky team, man. So I'll, I'll never count Boise out. I, you know, they're not going to win a national championship or anything. But uh, no. look, always bet on Boise. If you're looking for that, that late night spread cover, people always yeah, go for Boise and that too. Hawaii game. The, the real junkies go I, for that Hawaii game at midnight every, every Saturday. Yeah. I like Boise State to throw a wrench in a couple of people's plans this year. Maybe. All right. All right, uh, twenty three. We got UCF. Um, look, they they won the national championship last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not going to tell me any different. Uh, I think yeah. again, man. I said at the top of the show. I'll say it again. I, I truly think they really did deserve that fourth and final playoffs spot. Um, yeah, I agree. it went to Alabama. Look, Alabama ends up winning the national championship. Yep. Uh, so it's 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 uh, it's hard to bitch, but I think if anyone was going to bitch about last year's playoffs, it's probably UCF. Um, uh, the Ohio State thing, thing at five, uh, you know, was justified. They lost to Iowa and uh, uh, they lost to to Penn State. So it is what it is. However, yep. UCF went undefeated, and then they smoked the fuck out of Auburn, which smoked the fuck yeah, out of Alabama. Yeah, they ripped Auburn's ass, man. I mean, come on. Wasn't even close. Uh, and, and look, and no, Auburn smoked Alabama. So I, I don't know what that says, yep. but uh, and man. some of that's macho. But look at, I mean, here, here's what. A lot, a lot of the schedule you can't really control because you have to play your in-conference teams X number of games. And this is the big problem for UCF from, from my perspective. They have a ridiculously easy schedule. A lot of that is because of the conference they play in. But when they, if they go out of conference to try to play better teams, what fucking Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, ACC, SEC team is going to accept Central Florida as their, not one of their non-conference games, right? Fuck no, they're not going to do that. Yeah, it's... Absolutely not, because they're going to get fucking embarrassed, or at least the potentialities. Like, when Clemson opens up the season versus Furman, they know for a fact they're going to win that game. Right. But there's a 0% chance that a team like Clemson or Alabama is going to let UCF come be their fucking warm-up game. That shit's just not happening. No, it's, it's not happening, and, and I think the other thing that's not happening is UCF having a repeat performance of last year. They're, I think a lot of it was... was uh, Determined by by their coach, who is now the coach of Nebraska, and um, I, I see them yep. uh, having a, a tough time uh, hanging around that top ten like they did last year. Uh, LSU at twenty four is a is a goddamn mess over there. Um, I'm not yeah, sure if this isn't uh, Orgeron's. How the fuck you pronounce that guy's name? Uh, Ed uh, Mumblemouth. I, I can't understand him at a press yeah. conference. Can't understand his last name. His whole shit. Uh, I don't know that he's there at the end of this year. Um, and I also don't know who their quarterback is. I know they had a transfer from Ohio State, Joe Burrow, who uh, was yeah. really goddamn good and probably should have been uh, gotten a shot at starting at Ohio State. But due to a series of weird injuries with, with JT Barrett, never got an opportunity. I hope he's the, the quarterback of, of LSU. And, I, and look, and I hope LSU does well. Because I think LSU is another one of those teams where it's just great for college football if, if they do well. 
Uh, New Orleans is always a fucking blast to party in and play in and watching those games. And, uh, and you almost need them to be good because Alabama doesn't play anyone. So you're hoping yeah. that they're good. So at least, you know, there's one other reason to watch an Alabama game this year other than, uh, than Mississippi State uh, and Auburn. So uh, yep. we'll see. But I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence in that team. No, uh, I don't know. LSU. They no lost way. everybody. Not- Oklahoma State. Look, Oklahoma State's going to do what Oklahoma State does. They're going to throw for, you know, 5,000 yards a game. Uh, the scores are going to be 50, 58, 51. Uh, they have no defense. They, I, I don't even think they've ever <laughs> pretended to have a defense. Um, no, they don't. They don't. No, they're not. But they lost Rudolph, their quarterback, and Washington, and Aitman, their two top wide receivers. But Justice Hill is a legit running back. Yeah. So this new kid, Cornelius, that's coming in is only throwing like fucking 15 passes, or he's only completed 15 passes in, fit in three seasons with the team. Now he's, I think, he's a senior, like a redshirt senior. So he's got another year left after this. But. That's their offense, right? It's fucking Chuck and Duck. So yeah, uh, I, I, are they going to change? Are they going to be a ground and pound offense this no, year? I don't see no. that. That's never happened in fucking history. So what the fuck, man? We'll see. Yeah, so that, that, that'll round out the top 25. Um, I don't have Oklahoma State in it uh, when, this, when the dust settles at the end of the year. Uh, let, let's hear your, uh, your, your college football playoff top four. Who do you got going to the college football playoffs in this way too early 2018-2019 prediction? This is so early. Uh, Yeah. So here are my predictions, and they're not crazy. I think Alabama, Clemson, and and Ohio State, all three get in. Okay. Here's where it gets weird for me. I think Mississippi State sneaks in. Whoa! I like that a call a lot. That's right. Yep. I think Alabama beats Ohio State. Clemson beats Mississippi State. Clemson beats Bama. That's my pick. I see you have Clemson winning it all. And you have That's Clemson right, yeah. versus Bama four? Yep. Shit. Um, I, I, I don't think you're too far off. Um, I, I, I got uh, – okay, so, so part of this is going to go on Urban Meyer only for the college football playoffs. Um, I, think, I think if Urban stays for the season, I think Ohio State rallies around this and, uh, you know, wrongly fucking accused, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they rally around the family with a pocket full of shells, and uh, and they they do well. Um, I got Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, um, and then the fourth team. I, Mississippi State is a sexy pick, and I like that out of you. I, I just don't think that two SEC teams are getting back in. Um, do you think there was too much hubbub about that last yes, year? Yes, and be... I think if it happens again, they're either going to have to switch to eight teams, or uh, you know, again, you have guys like Paul Feinbaum. Uh, who are fucking assholes. Like I, there needs to be more parody in college football. And uh, me personally, um, you've either got to raise it to eight, but you can't put two teams from the same conference in, which is again, you know why I was fine with the, the winner of the Ohio state Wisconsin game going to the playoffs last year. Cause it was, I, I just didn't think you as a fan, I don't think you want to see two teams from the same conference in there. I, like, even as a diehard Ohio State fan, I don't want to see them right. play Michigan 
in the playoffs. I don't want to see them play a Penn State in the playoffs. I saw that during the regular season. That's what the regular season is for. I don't want to see that in the playoffs, even though it's my favorite team. I don't want to fucking see that shit. Yep. Um, so what if, what if they go six or eight teams? I mean, you're going to have to, right? You're not yes. going to uh, at at, at, go at five six, yeah. major conferences. Yeah, at six or eight teams. Uh, look, you go to the top five major conferences and then a, then a wild card team in there, and, and yep. you'll, you'll end up with two from the same division. And I'm fine with it at that point, but not when there's four. You have five championship yeah. games, five uh, you know big conference uh, championship winners. One of them should go and fill this slot. Uh, so at number four, because um, th- this is where I've been just absolutely agonizing over this one, uh, I'm going to have to go with Washington at, at four yeah. uh, to sneak in there. Um, but I think the you know the first three are chalk, and then Was- Washington at four, who I will not be surprised that doesn't make it though is actually Ohio State. Um, I think that that schedule is really, really fucking tough. And with all the turmoil they're going through, if they lose Urban and that schedule being as tough as it is, uh, look, they're loaded top to bottom, and and I'm fine with it, but uh, it's really hard, and it's going to be really hard without their coach. Um, So if there is one team I could see easily falling out of that top four playoffs, it would be Ohio State just simply because the strength of schedule is too, too tough. Um, so who do you see getting in if Ohio State doesn't make it? If, I mean, I if Ohio Georgia State if Ohio State doesn't get in, I, I see it being Wisconsin. I see Wisconsin filling that gap. Um, yeah, I can see that. So I I, I put uh, I, I would change it then, just to, you know, based on a, how hard Ohio State schedule is, and I'd go Alabama, Clemson, Wisconsin, and uh, and Washington. But uh, it, look, it, it is simply for the fact of uh, it's way too early. I don't know what's going to happen with the coach, and that schedule is is brutal. Urban stays, they go yep. in easily, and uh, and then I got Ohio State, Clemson in the championship. Yeah, well, that's why I uh, that's why I put Alabama and Clemson in the in the uh, championship because of Meyer. If they if if he's there, I, I say it's Clemson OSU. Yeah, sure. and 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 in that championship game, um, man, I, Clemson's I think defense I, here, here's is so a good. Prediction. Yeah, they're so good. I think. I, here's what I'm saying. Clemson and Ohio State national championship game, Clemson wins by two touchdowns minimum. Wow. I, I think it's a close game, uh, but I, I, I would agree with you. I think, I think Clemson edges it out. Just look, simply for the fact of uh, Dabo Sweeney and these guys, man, have been running a fucking tight ship for years. And um, yeah. I, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he's the next superstar coach that's that's winning multiple titles, and that defense yep. is really, really fucking tough. If they do end up playing Ohio State in the championship, like I predict, um, a first-year starter like Haskins going against that defense is really, really fucking tough. Um, but you got look, you got two of the best running backs in the nation uh, for Ohio State. So I, I don't know, but my my initial roster dominance prediction would be Clemson uh, in the championship. Yep. Uh, and our way too early predictions. Uh, you have who do you have winning again? I have Clemson. You have Clemson as well. All right, so I, b- both yeah. of us. Uh, and we, by the way, for, for the audience, we have not talked about this prior to going on air, so I didn't know. No, I didn't know you were picking Clemson. Um, I'm, I've, no. I've got Clemson as well. Uh, who they're playing though? It, it, look, if if Meyer's gone from Ohio State, I think they play Alabama for a fourth time. Uh, if he's not, yep. then I then I think they play Ohio State. Uh, I, I can agree with that. Either way, it's going to be a fun, fun football season. College football-wise, you can bet against us on mybookie.com. Use the promo code DRINKINGBROS, and it'll double your deposit. So whatever you deposit over $40 will double it, but that is a one-time thing only. So 
don't think every week. Yes, yeah, so if you plan on betting against us during the year, because we'll we'll make picks of the week, and you can bet against those picks of the week. If you're if you're going to plan on betting all season, you're going to want to go ahead and front load that and get the most value. You want to play with house yes, money, right? Yes. Uh, and and the guy on Apteris will will explain it. Uh, the guy who we're interviewing today, uh, bookie extraordinaire, handicapping genius. Uh, he's by the way, he's got Alabama Clemson in this motherfucker. But uh, you know, he'll go over the odds with you and, and tell you when to bet and all that other stuff. But uh, it's going to be a fun year. And then uh, look, as the season gets closer, uh, next week we're doing a fantasy football special. Um, going over all of our fantasy teams. We'll be drafting our fantasy football teams at the end of the month. Um, that'll be our, our episode uh, next week. And then, fuck, the week after college football starts, kids. Uh, Dan and I will be given our locks of the week for that. So you, you can bet against us uh, or with us on mybookie.com. Uh, in the meantime, let's jump into this interview with Rafael Esparza, head of the MGM uh, Sportsbook for 12 years. Now he's just a, a fucking professional gambler and uh, consults with mybookie.com. Let's have a listen, shall we? Today, we've got one of the best in the business. Uh, one of the best handicappers on the planet. Is that, that's what I've heard. Uh, we, got, we got Rafael Esparza on the show. How are you, Rafael? Pretty good. How about yourself? Man, I am. Uh, I've done. I've been better. I've been better, Raphael. You you've been following this Urban Meyer story today. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was a it was a snow a slow news day. If you kind of think about, it. he had some early baseball games. The Yankees lost. That's always a good day. But now all of a sudden, this <laughs> Urban Meyer thing just blew up, and uh, we actually put odds up over at uh, my bookie. Will he be fired? So it's kind of interesting. It's you know, of course we do. I mean, I, not only am I. <laughs> Not only am I a handicapper, but I was also an odds maker over at MGM in Las Vegas for 13 plus years. And now I do consulting work for my bookie uh, and stuff like that. So anytime I see something pop culture-ish or crazy-ish, I'm calling the guys over at my bookie uh, to put up some stuff. So, of course, we had to put up some Urban Meyer betting odds. Yeah, of course. Of course. What what are the odds? Um, just because this story literally broke an hour ago. The fact that you guys have it on mybookie.com is amazing. What are the odds on Urban Meyer being fired? Well, we have three betting props. Uh, will Meyer be fired before game one? Yes is minus $2. No is plus 160. Meyer resigned before game one. Yes is minus 150. No is plus 120. And then my favorite one, Meyer health issue resign. Yes, my uh, plus $2. No, minus $3. <laughs> there's, there's no way he fakes another heart attack. Um, uh, that's why we had to put that on there. We had to put something with health. I mean, granted, you never want to ill put bad karma on anybody, but he had to. He had to put help. We had to put a prop illustrating health issues next to it. I look, I get it. Um, you know, <sighs> Because look, I talk a lot of shit on this show, and if I don't if I don't back it up, then it's pointless. So with Urban Meyer and this this whole investigation, because uh, look, you date this back to Florida days. There was there was a Rolling Stone article, and I'm, I want to say it was '09 that uh, said he covered up, you know, the drive by shooting for Aaron Hernandez, which. I didn't believe. Um, and then this story pops up today about, uh, you know, he allegedly knew about uh, his wide receivers coach beating his wife. Um, what I will say is this in, in his small defense, because I really don't know. Um, my wife is in a bunch of text message groups. 
I don't have any idea what's going on with her, nor do I care, and nor does she want to bother me with it. And the, you know, you have a college coach who's in charge of a hundred young men uh, on and off the practice field, and then the the coaches. And let's face it, most of the time the coaches are worse than the kids. Um, that's a lot of people to look after. So I I don't know I don't know what's going to happen with it. To be honest with you, this, this bet I'm not touching on your site. I can tell you that. Yeah, me either. I mean, I just think it's it's too far. I don't see him. I mean, unless he gets fired, I would think in the next 36 hours, I have really good contacts up in uh, the Cleveland, Ohio area. I've done a lot, many media stuff out there. And they said after 24 hours, they're going to shoot me a text uh, with two two words, either he gone or thin ice. And that, that would tell me how the relationship. I haven't got a text yet, but I think in the next 36 hours, we're going to see if this story is going to go to bed quickly. Or this story has legs. Yeah, and you know, for me personally, uh, Ohio State is so loaded this year and so talented. Um, I I actually have them winning. I have them winning it all, uh, and that's a to- look. Not only is it a homer pick, but I actually believe it. Um, uh, Watch I, out for those Badgers. Watch out for those Badgers. That with, defense. Uh, Wisconsin is always tough, and it's always a tough out for Ohio State. So I, I will say this: them and Penn State have always been our two hardest games on the schedule. I would have said Michigan 20 years ago, but uh, not anymore. Um, it's always Wisconsin. And it's always Penn State, and and those man, we just uh, we've had some luck the last couple of years against Wisconsin. Penn State though has been brutal, and we're at Penn State this year. So, yes, you are. No love for the khaki pants in Michigan, I guess. No, I. You know, look, I'm actually glad that he's there. Uh, he he hasn't beaten us once, and I hope he continues to stay. But I have a feeling this year after we beat. Michigan again I think he's gone and I think he jumps to the NFL and and goes to Indianapolis I would not be shocked that's what I'm hearing that if he doesn't go if he doesn't have nine ten wins doubles I think he jumps ship uh Indianapolis maybe even takes over his brother's job over at Baltimore I think he's on thin ice as well uh, I think uh Jim Harbaugh will be wearing his khakis uh next year in, uh, in, in, in NFL uh, stadiums I do too I do too uh he's a weird guy but look I, I I loved him as the coach of same with Lloyd Carr loved him as the coach of Michigan because they they've never beaten us so uh I'm amped about that but I'm also amped to talk about you and your life um I've I grew up in a in a household that uh, my grandparents went to Atlantic City uh, every other weekend. You know, we went as kids. Uh, gambling was in our house, not to an extreme level. You know, nothing where you're you're living and dying on the games or anything. But it was always more of a more a less of a fun thing. So I like gambling. I love I loved going to to Atlantic City and Vegas. Now that's uh, the Supreme Court has lifted sports gambling in all 50 states. Uh, that's kind of opened it up more to everyone else. And I've always been fascinated in guys like you who are great at this. Uh, is this your living right now? Yes, that's what I do. I worked for MGM Mirage or MGM Properties up in Las Vegas for uh, for 13 plus years. Opened up uh, Aria Racing Sportsbook. I actually designed the sportsbook. I think that's why I probably got out of the industry because when you open up a casino and do everything from the ins and out. Uh, I would never do that again. I wouldn't tell anyone to do that again because just the stress level and uh, the, the the tedious stuff that you have to do opening up a casino. I would never do that. Wouldn't even tell my worst enemy to do that because just the stress <laughs> level was just too high. And then I retired. I didn't sign my next contract for MGM, and I wanted. I had so many other options. I do a lot of writing uh, for uh, for my, my bookie and for Doc Sports. I do a lot of uh, prop bets for the, my bookie and for Doc Sports. Uh, so this is what I do for a living. I, and not only do I just get to sit around and watch TV, but I get to research a whole bunch of crazy stuff like the Urban Meyer stuff. I'm doing an article on the next Halloween movie that's coming out uh, in October. You can bet how many kills Michael Myers will have 
Really? That's that's and Danny Mc, Danny McBride is doing that actually. Um, yes, yeah, so he, we're actually putting up stuff on that uh, probably sometime next week. I'm just waiting to finish my article before we post the ad, so we can do a uh, massive media blast for both uh, both sites uh, on the article. And like I said, I, this is what I do for a living. I, I tell people I get paid to watch TV. Yeah, simple. <laughs> yeah. W- w- look, which is amazing and it's fun because if you, you know, obviously enjoy sports like I do, what better living could you make in this planet than just watching sports every single day? Yeah, and the way the industry has turned before, I mean, I know NFL is still king and stuff like that, but the way the world is turning, especially, I mean, NBA is getting bigger now in the summer. You, you have a big, you have a big soccer event every summer. This next summer we had the women's uh, World Cup. So yep. that's always a big draw because the women's are much better than the men's when it comes to U- USA soccer. So for for me, it's just a it's a 365 day job just because you always have something going on. People, I love how handicappers or riders take the summer off because they only want to concentrate on football and all that. But you know what? Champions League soccer, big. I mean, we just had uh uh, World Cup soccer, big, even though the USA wasn't even in it, but it got huge ratings, betting-wise, huge numbers. So for me, 365-day a job, and I, and I would love it, and I wouldn't change a bit of it. That's amazing, man. Um, so let me ask you, since we're we're getting into you know college football season uh, and NFL season, I'm going to ask you for your early predictions. I don't know if you give these out for free because a lot of handicappers online don't. Um, you know, usually have to pay a fee or whatever, but I notice on, on, on you have a YouTube channel. Um, yeah, where you- I give out, stuff. I'm, I'm always giving out stuff. I, I, I would tell people who I like, no matter if I, if it's a play that I have, it's a play like that. Cause a, it's not my money. It's the casino's money. If you sure. win, hats off on you. It's not my money. Right. Right. Uh, so, so speaking of that, who do you, who do you got in college football this year? Who do you like to win it all? I mean, if you want to be, be the champ, you have to beat the champ, an old wrestling term. And if someone can beat not knock off Alabama, your hat's off to you, and I'll eat crow as that game is over. But until someone can tell me that they can beat the Alabama, uh, I have to go with them. Uh. I mean, just two quarterbacks that can probably win the national championships. I mean, I have some dark horses. I know you don't want me to hear this, but I think this could be Wisconsin's year. That defense last year was so impressive. I didn't think that defense was going to be uh, that uh, that good. So they could be a very a, a really really dark sleeper. Clemson, that defense is always yeah. fast. I mean, yeah. no one's talking about Clemson. It's always either Alabama or or Ohio State in the Big Ten or USC gets some love, but no one's talking about Clemson. They're building something not for just a couple of years. I think for the future down the road. Uh, but I, right now, I, I hate to say it, my pick is Alabama. But if I have two other picks, dark horses. I'm going to say Clemson, and this is probably the last time I'm going to be on your show, but Wisconsin. Yeah, actually, no, because, look, I'm even though I'm a fan, um, I'm like you. I, I look at it from a, a realistic approach of uh, judging these teams. Um, Wisconsin has a really strong team, uh, so I'm, I'm with you. I think Wisconsin gets shit on because they're in the Big Ten, and, for, you know, this SEC bias that continues to go on year after year. Uh, to me is is not justified and i i think wisconsin is a great great team that deserves more respect than they get um and then clemson i'm with you with with dabo sweeney he's a guy i think that is looking to be a lifer in college football has found a program and if you look at the the nfl stars that that guy is churning out if you're a high school recruit at home thinking about clemson if you're on the fence about clemson then you see you know sammy watkins and these guys 
Um, I, and DeAndre Hopkins, I, you're going to school there. Like he's a great coach, Dabo Sweeney. So those, I, I like those picks. The reason why I hate Alabama this year, um, and and just that pick in general. Did you see their schedule? It, it, oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God! It's I, I, I think three of those teams are du- one double A. Are they not? Uh, the Citadel, something, something like that. And, and I totally agree with you on the SEC, but I, I can't stand SEC. I live part time in New Orleans because my wife uh, is a photographer. We we spend a lot of time there, and I love going on the radio in New Orleans and Alabama and bashing the SEC. Because if it wasn't for Alabama, they're the Sun Belt. I mean, let's just face it. If, if, if they wouldn't have a channel, it would be the Sunbelt channel That's on true. ESPN, not the SEC. But, yeah, their schedule is pathetic. I mean, LSU is going to be looking for a new head coach when they only have seven wins at the end of the season. Uh, Auburn will be uh, okay. But I, I totally agree with the SEC bias. But the one thing I'm going to say about Wisconsin, if you look at their schedule, I mean, they have one of the easiest schedules. I mean, they could go. They could be undefeated before they play Michigan on, on uh, I think it's the 13th of October, yep. and that's on the road, which is an easy. I don't want to say it, it could be an easy win, but if that if they're playing right on, that could be a big win. And then there's their schedules really. I mean, they play at Northwestern, which could be a hiccup, but I think their toughest game is going to be at Penn State, and they can be undefeated at that game against Penn State. So I just think the Wisconsin schedule it really fades off. They don't have to play. Uh, your team, Ohio State, they have a really good home schedule. Granted, yep. uh, they have to play the two, uh, three easy games: Wisconsin, Kentucky, New Mexico, and BYU. I think me and you could probably beat New Mexico or score a touchdown on New Mexico's defense. So I, I have all like the. I have that's why I like the Badgers. Yeah, and look, I have all four years of college eligibility left, so like I, I could easily go back and play. So I, I feel, I feel confident. I, I could suit up and get out there. Um, but yeah, with the, with the Badgers, that was the knock on them last year: is that their schedule wasn't strong enough. And, you know, they got to the championship game and I, I thought they played Ohio State tough. And I, you know, I think they deserve their record and where they need, they need to be. But at Penn State and uh, that's going to be a nightmare playing in Happy Valley for whatever reason is that, you know, when they go full white out, if it's a night game, it's tough. Uh, Ohio State is a tough time there every year. Uh, let's switch gears and go to the NFL. Um, who do you got this year for, for the NFL Super Bowl? If healthy, and I'm going to stress that because he's uh, he's, I'm going to have to say the Green Bay Packers just because I, wow. I, I Aaron Rodgers for me. I know people are going to from New England are going to probably hate me and stuff like that, but I think he's better than Tom Brady. Tom Brady to me is a system quarterback. Uh, if you put uh, Aaron Rodgers in that Green Bay or in that New England Patriots offense, I think he would probably have the same record, the same Super Bowl visits. I think Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback than Tom Brady, and I and I think at healthy. I think they can beat them um, at Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so I'm going to say stick with them. But my other dark horse, and I said this last year, but I think I'm really going to mean it this year, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think yep. they win one. And Big Ben drops the mic like John Elway says, deuces out. I don't care about all the contract issues with my running back and wide receivers. I'm done. And, and he walks away after the Super Bowl. So I'm going to say it's those two. I, I have Pittsburgh playing uh, uh, the Packers in the Super Bowl. And, uh, if I can get if I can get that right, I could care less who won because I picked the two winners in there. So who cares who wins? But sure. I have I have that as a Super Bowl: the Green Bay Packers versus the the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, it's funny. So I, we did a NFL prediction show last episode, and I I actually have the Atlanta Falcons versus the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl. Um, and I, by the way, we could be bros in real life because I agree with you on the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady debate. I think if you put Aaron Rodgers on that New England team, I I think Aaron Rodgers probably wins seven Super Bowls. 
I can see that. I mean, I, he has a stronger arm, and, I, and his pocket awareness, I believe, is so much better than same. Tom Brady's pocket awareness. Yeah, same. And, and when I when I watch him play, I just, you know, and I said this on the last episode, when I look at the Green Bay Packer team, the way that they build their team in the offseason is shitty to me. They, they never can seem to draft a good running back, and I don't know why they don't go out and grab Des Bryant and to replace Jordy Nelson, stick him in there with Jimmy Graham and call it a day. Because you still need a you know another guy to go with Devontae Adams or Randall Cobb. So ah, I, I I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree, and I think that should go. But but at the same time, I like to see Des Bryant sign up to Cleveland Browns. Let's face it, boy, for hard knocks. <laughs> are you kidding me? That would be the greatest TV series in the history of the world. Baker Mayfield. Jarvis Landry. If I, have, if I have to wait that long for Game of Thrones, give me Des Bryant on HBO. With the <laughs> exactly. Uh, how many games until Baker Mayfield starts? Do you guys have an over under on that? Uh, we did. We put it. We took it down just because I. Th- he's. Uh, we we've been hearing he's been flinging a ball. Everyone likes him. He's just. They said he's so low key. One of those guys that's last out of the locker room, studying like crazy. Uh, it's going to be interesting. We had it up and then we put it down. I think we're going to probably, I think we just took it down just to readjust the odds just because of what we're hearing coming out of there. Probably going to put that back up. But I would not be shocked if he's a week three starter. I don't think he's going to start right away. You know, it's funny. I saw on last week's show, I said four, I said week four. So I'm, I am on fire with you today. Uh, I like this a lot. Uh, what about the major league baseball? Who do you, who do you got for the world series this year? Well, I'm a diehard Cubs fan, and ah. I gave us I gave us an F grade yesterday after the trade deadline. Uh, but I think the Dodgers, if they can get uh, some starting, if they can get a two starter that could can be a two starter behind uh, the great lefty Kershaw, yeah. Gonna, yeah, I call him the great lefty just because I just loved I just love his his uh, mullet in the back sticking out. Uh, just a great baseball look, the great lefty uh, Kershaw. I think. If Kershaw can stay healthy and they can get better, uh, a little bit of pitching out of their second and third, because we all know uh, the playoffs, you only need three starters. Then I think the Dodgers are going to be hard to beat in the National League. And I can't believe the team in the American League, uh, you could have 100 wins and maybe not even make the playoffs. I know. Uh, if the Yankees, it's, it's got to be Boston. But, I mean, they got a big scare yesterday with Chris Sale being on a DL shoulder. I tell people uh, I'm a big Cubs fan, and Chris Bryant with his shoulder injury, that's like an NBA player having knee problems. If you have shoulder issues now, that could be the Boston Red Sox Achilles heel. But I'm going to stick with Boston. They made a lot of good moves. I think it's going to be Boston Dodgers in the world series. And I'm going to give it to uh, my good friend, uh, Fernando Valenzuela, who I've met multiple times in Vegas and had dinner with him. I said Dodgers win the world series. Wow. Wow. That's a bold, that's, that's a bold one. I, I like it with the Machado move. Um, I'm, I, I have Yankees Dodgers actually in the world series. Um, and I have the Yankees eking it out in seven. Um, I, you know, I, I just think that lineup is so stacked and I, I feel like it's their time. <sighs> L.A. is is tough, man. Kershaw was great in the playoffs last year, but he hasn't been great in the playoffs previously. So I don't know. I would have I would have picked the Yankees, but but they have one pitcher and why I didn't pick it, and his name is Sonny Gray. Yeah. Well, didn't they pick up uh, who was it? Was it Hap yesterday? Yeah, that's a great pickup because you get him next year, and and there's a his curveball from the left side against left-handed pitchers is brutal. So J.A. Hap is going to be a stud for the Yankees, but again. You still have Sonny Gray somewhere, either sitting down or in a bullpen. Uh, just his bad juju. Oof. I can't. I can't pick the Yankees because of Sonny Gray. I feel like that guy's trending on Twitter every single time he pitches of how awful he is. Um, yes, man, 
it's 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 crazy uh, with the Yankees. What what about NHL? Do you go NHL? You an NHL guy? You know what? I'm a diehard Blackhawks, born and raised in Chicago. But what I saw last year out of Vegas, because again, I live uh, in Vegas part time. I uh, was there a lot of times, a lot of games, playoff games. I'd never seen a city just just hug a team like they did with the Golden Knights. I mean, Same, I've been to yeah. Detroit. I've been to Detroit and watch a Red Wing game. I've been to Blackhawks playoffs and Stanley Cups game. But what I saw in a city that never had a, a hockey team, I and mean, we're in the desert. To, to just to hold them and and what they did for Vegas after the shooting, the Golden Knights. I mean, I, I'm still going to say Blackhawks are one, but my favorite team won, and I'm going to root for them again next year. There's the Golden Knights. They're bringing a lot of back back. Their goalie play is going to be outstanding. They're quick. They, I think this year they're going to hit a lot harder. I think last uh, last year they they tried to try to beat people with too much speed and didn't have any uh, hard hitting in there. I, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So I'm going to I'm going to say the the Golden Knights winning in in the week two a year two of the NHL Stanley Cup. Yeah, so our, our co-hosts on the show own a company called Black Rifle Coffee um, and .com, and they were sponsors of the Las Vegas Golden Knights in their opening season. So I got to go to the game one of the Stanley Cup Finals this year. I don't know if you've been to a game there yet, but yes. that atmosphere, I have never heard a louder arena in my life. I've never seen a better show put on, and I thought for Vegas, having you know its first ever professional sports team, they did it exactly how Vegas should do it. I mean, there was a club upstairs. There was a nightclub that overlooked the arena. Uh, there was a, there was a full on medieval times restaurant theme, like people getting stabbed on the ice and CGI effects and everything. Uh, and the city, you're right, the city rallied around that team. And there was thousands of fans outside the arena, not even that, who couldn't even get into the game. They were just watching it on a big screen. That was one of the best sports atmospheres I've been at in a long, long time, man. It was really exciting to be there. Yeah, when I went to the Triple G Canelo uh, fight, uh, the first one there, I didn't think I was going to see a bigger crowd outside of the T-Mobile because it was Mexican Independence uh, Day. They had bands all over the place. Uh, I thought all of California was out there in front of the stadium. But after I went to uh, a playoff game uh, when they were playing the Kings uh, and, uh, and the crowd noise and the people watching the game outside, uh, I didn't think I was ever going to surpass uh, that uh, Triple G uh, effect, but no one's going to. What I saw in Vegas, the, the playoff games I went to and a couple of Stanley Cup games, I totally agree with you. That's going to be hard to pass. Yeah, and, and it's a blast. And anybody who's a tourist, like just a tourist out there, I recommend going to a regular season game or whatever. It, it, it's, it feels like you were going to a show, like a Celine Dion show or something, or a Chris Angel show, where you're like, Jesus Christ. And I don't know whether they they mic up the ice or what it is, but the hits are louder, the pucks uh, are louder. So like, they almost treat it like a, a Hollywood production. That's the yes, way they, they do. They do have mics on the ice. I, I can't confirm that they do. Ah, they do. Fuck that. That was what I was wondering all the time. I was like, man, when we were there, we did a show live from there, um, right before we went into the game uh, on the strip, and I said, man, I've never been at a game like this where it felt like everything is mic'd up it intensified every single movement that was going on and i thought it was a genius idea but i, I couldn't confirm it uh but you can right yes i can't confirm that because i was like i said my office used to be at new york new york casino when i first before i moved over to aria so i, I actually got to see the drawings of the of the steam before it was built and stuff like that so i can't confirm there is a there's mics everywhere and cameras everywhere as well because you're in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, side note, what's your favorite restaurant in Vegas? 
Ooh, wow. Uh, I'm going to butcher it. La Atelier. It's a French restaurant in MGM. And uh, it's my wife is a big French food eater. And I, when we first went there, I'm like, oh, French food. I'm probably going to have to go to McDonald's on the way home because they don't feed you <laughs> enough. But it's some of the best stuff I've ever put in my mouth uh, in there. And you actually get to watch them cook it in front of you when you sit at the bar. So you can actually see the French chef yelling at the other French people that they're doing it wrong. And learn some good French cuss words, but they're that best uh, best restaurant in, in in my opinion on the strip at MGM. Okay, I, I I'm going Joe Stone Crab by the way. This oh, peppermint yeah. ice cream as their dessert has to be one of my top top three desserts in the world. Uh, is Joe Crab's just peppermint ice cream with the hot with the homemade hot fudge on top. Oh, Boy. It's best. I, I don't know how they're doing it, but uh, that is the best seafood I've ever had. Best crab legs on the planet. Um, every time I go to Vegas, I got to go to Joe's at least once, maybe twice. Instead of the, I'll sit at the bar. I don't even care. Uh, and that's, eat my their... first, that's my first sports book job. Caesar's Palace, 1997. Was it really? Yep. That's awesome. Uh, let me ask you this. What's your worst loss then that, that, that you've taken working, working at a casino? Well, I mean, I had if you if your listeners don't know who he is and all that, I had a deal with uh, Billy Walters when I was at uh, Aria, so he was betting with us. So I've seen a lot of a lot of bad numbers come through, a lot of million dollar losses come through. But I would say the probably the one of the biggest ones was probably when uh, Phil Mickelson won the uh, the Super Bowl. I, I think it was I think it was the Ravens at the Bellagio when I was when I was over there. Him him winning that that's probably one of the biggest ones. Uh, that I've seen, really? uh, I've seen, he, I've seen he, million dollar, I've seen million dollar pick sixes at, at like at Del Mar and Saratoga. So I would say that I have better good stories of, of celebrities I've kicked out and wanted to beat me up uh, than how many payouts <laughs> I've seen. Really? Yeah. Cause Phil, Phil, a lot of people don't know this about Phil Mickelson. He's a huge gambler, like one of the and, biggest. Um, yes. And what, what did he put down on that? Are you allowed to say? I don't remember. I, I I really don't remember how much he put on there, but it, it was a significant amount of bet. And he's the one of the biggest stiffers. I can say that just because I don't like uh, Phil Mickelson, but he stiffed. He he cashed that ticket and that t- and did not tip any of the writers. So gotcha. You know, he's also accused. I don't know how how closely you follow Phil Mickelson, but uh, there's a guy in prison. That he used to Billy be. Walters. Yeah, there, there it is. There it is. He should be. He should be in prison right next to him, making my license. <laughs> uh and floyd mayweather did he ever roll through because he's infamous for making huge bets all the time okay here's my floyd mayweather story this yes. is why I don't hold him. even though i think he's probably one of the best defensive boxers that's ever put on gloves in a ring cowboys playing the philadelphia eagles the ball is on the 50 yard line get ready to kick off and and floyd mayweather and his entourage come running up to the window and wanting to put up a six-figure bet on i think it was the philadelphia eagles i could be wrong on who they want to pick and i turned it down and he's like why i'm like because like, they're getting ready to kick off i'm not i'm like you can have i think i said i think you can have twenty thousand or something like that he's like don't you know who i am I'm like I, I know who exactly who you are i go i, I can't take that bet uh, the ball is getting ready to kick off so we go <laughs> back and forth i'm kicking out his entourage they kick the ball and now he's cussing at me because now he has no bet on the game and so I'm, I'm I'm just waving to him, saying goodbye, see you later, have a nice day. And he kept on saying, "Don't you know who I am?" His bodyguards are flexing and and showing me their muscles while I'm waving. Thank God I had a counter 
and I don't think they can jump over it. But uh, yeah, that's my Floyd Mayweather story. Uh, so yeah, he t- I turned down a bet from him, and he got very angry, and I thought he was going to kill me. You're you're not the first one to say that, by the way. There's a lot of there's a lot of hotels in Vegas that said have a similar story where either he wants to bet too much, um, or he's traveling around to different casinos betting. Uh, a bunch on the same game or or match or what you know depending upon what's going on at the time uh what's the rules on how much you can actually bet at a casino now if he would have called and say hey um, i'm floyd mayweather's associate or whatever he's coming down to bet let's say two hundred fifty thousand on the lakers and again let's say it's two o'clock and the laker games at nine o'clock we'll take that bet we're not going to take a six-figure bet within five within a half hour of the game because there's no way we can get that money back on the other side people think that we're just going to take action just to take action but no we need to make sure we can get that money back on the other side so if you come up to a window and say hey give me uh 250 on uh the hall of fame the bears game on thursday and the hall of fame game and it's 10 minutes before kickoff we're not going to take that back because we don't have enough time to get that uh that money back on the other side we can't move it and hopefully expect to get another $150,000 bet on uh, the Baltimore Ravens. And, and that say, if you give us enough time, we'll pretty much will give you what you want as long as the money's real and who you are and you have the rights, uh, the driver's license and stuff like that. But we're just not going to take a significant six-figure bet at uh, within five to ten minutes of a game tip-off just because you have the money. No, because we that's not how it works. We still have to pay our bills and make sure the DirecTV bill gets paid. Yeah, and that, that DirecTV bill is, is hefty, isn't it? Yes, uh, yes. It's not uh, for for me at Aria. They charged us uh, as my, the, as many rooms as we had in the hotel at times of the, the package it cost. <laughs> yeah, I the, yeah. Directv is cocksuckers. I, I a friend of mine owns a, a few bars in Los Angeles, and he went through the whole Directv numbers with me, and I, I I was blown away. I was like, "There's no way that's your cable bill per month with Directv." And he goes, "Yeah, that's the way it works." And I was like, "Jesus Christ!" It's because they own the NFL package. Right. Yes. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah, and they're the only ones. They have essentially have a monopoly on it. I have Dish, so I'm I'm a red zone guy. Uh, I enjoy the red zone anyways because I'm a, I'm a big fantasy football dude. So um, I'm fine with just the red zone. I, I don't need to to watch the full games uh, unless it's the the Falcons, obviously, who's my favorite team. But uh, that you know, I'm good on that. What about you? I'm I'm assuming you have you've got to have Directv at your house. I had DirecTV, and I'm and people know this story, and people laugh at me at this story. I do not watch NFL games on Sunday live. What? I DVR, I DVR all the games, and Sunday I'll go have breakfast with my wife, go to a movie. I can come home at three, four o'clock, and DVR a game within an hour because of commercials, timeouts, injury. Uh, concussion protocol. I can watch a game within an hour of fast forwarding the horrible stuff, dissect the game, or if I need to watch it again during the week, I'll save the game. But yeah, I do not watch uh, live NFL TV. It's that, just for that, me. I, and I blame Las Vegas sports books for over uh, over 14 years. A fourth, uh, I, I worked 15 Super Bowls, and I blame them for me not wanting to watch live NFL games because they ruined pretty much the NFL because I would have to be at work at five in the morning and have to be leave there. <laughs> Uh, with the suit and tie on, and if you got beat up by the public, you're you're you're, wor- you're worrying about what you're going to say on Monday to the bosses. So yeah, I blame Vegas for why I don't like watching live NFL games. But at the same time, I get to eat a lot of good restaurants on Sundays because they're all empty because people are at home watching games yep. or uh, what are the movies? Yeah, yeah, no, I I I understand it. I hear it. Um, let, let me ask you. We'll switch to we'll switch gears to the MMA. Um, 
last last year when uh, Mayweather fought McGregor, w- were you involved in any of that those betting propositions? Oh yeah, I, we did a whole. We, that was probably one of the worst days of just because of how many betting props we had on that. I mean, we normally don't put up a lot of betting props on boxing or MMA, but for that fight, we I think every casino, every online book had to flex their muscles and see who can have the most. So we were just trying to figure out everything between how many punches McGregor will land can, can compared to how many goals Arsenal will have in the, in the English Premier League soccer game that day. And we were just thinking of everything and anything on that fight. And I was at that fight, which which was very entertaining. I'm not going to say people watching. I enjoyed it. I, I People look, watching was great. I had a better seat than Denzel Washington. So I, that's my story <laughs> on, on that. So uh, it was very entertaining. And, and, I, and I thought McGregor did pretty well. I'm not, I'm not going to say that uh, he had a close job of, of, of winning it, but I think he did pretty well. So I, I, my hat's off to him. I, I agree with you. I, I enjoyed that fight. I That was one of the few that I watched from home simply because before that fight, I thought – he, it, it would go a round or two. I think that's what I said on my show last year, that uh, he would get knocked out in, in, in under two rounds. So I was like, eh, do I really want to fly to Vegas and pay for, for this for a guy who's never you know, fought in a ring before? Having watched it at home on pay-per-view, I was pleasantly surprised, and I enjoyed the fight. I thought he was worthy of being there, and um, I, you know, I thought the spectacle was, was, was fun, and it was entertaining at least. I didn't feel like I, I threw $100 out the window. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm just glad there was no part two. Uh, I'll say this. I was more pleased on that fight than I was pleased with the Triple G Canelo fight. Uh, Granted, the Triple G Canelo fight had great undercards uh, and that had some great fights under there, but I thought Triple G got totally robbed, and now we have to see a Tainted Meat part two fight uh, in September. So uh, I thought that was more entertained on the McGregor uh, fight than uh, Triple G fight. Same. And I, and I think it's going to be the same because I had Triple G winning that handily as did everybody else. I, and I think the same thing is going to happen. What this September? It's, it's, it's September, right? Yeah, September. But I'll tell you this. Someone's getting knocked out. There's there's no way this fight is going to the judges. Both of them. You thought people they they didn't really dislike each other in the first part. They respected each other by the first part. But now this fight, Triple G can't stand Canelo. They can't hate each other. We're, we're seeing a, someone's being KO'd in this fight. Oh, I, absolutely. And I, I look, I got Triple G winning this. Um, and then in the fall, I, I think I heard McGregor's going to fight in October. Do, are you guys doing MMA as well with the McGregor-Khabib fight possibly? Uh, possibly in October is what I'm hearing, but I'm also here in January. Uh, uh, not January. Not a, that would be, a, that's a terrible month for that fight. Uh, October is not a really big, uh, November big usually is. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. November. You're right. November. Uh, I'm hearing more in November than anything uh, that, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have, uh, we'll definitely have some stuff on that fight, which is going to be very interesting. I mean, McGregor has not been in, in, in the octagon for a while, so he's probably going to be the underdog. I, I think, well, what I saw, he was minus, uh, like minus one. Um, uh, he was plus. I think I saw he like plus one sixty. McGregor was really. Yeah, we don't have that up yet, but I thought I saw. I thought I saw some site have uh, have him as an underdog. Yeah, I, look, I can see it. I was at his last MMA fight in Madison Square Garden, um, where he uh, won his second title, and that was a blast. I was at that Cormier fight in Vegas a few weeks ago. Um, and that was, that was, that was another upset. Uh, I was going to bet Stipe, but the odds were just way too high. And then Cormier, you know, ended up knocking him out. Um, do you find that more fans, boxing fans are switching over and betting MMA? 
it's, it's actually reversed now. I think more MMA fighters are now switching over to boxing. I think boxing leaped a leapfrogged MMA a little bit with the big um, big fights that we've seen on uh, with Triple G and Canelo with one one and now two the great fight cards we've seen on ESPN. Uh, with the, with those fights, I'm going to say right now, I would have to say it's probably dead even boxing and uh, UFC, but I would think more UFC people are actually now uh, by are, uh, betting boxing than the other way around just because of the fight card that the, the boxing we're finally getting to see the big fights that we want to see. Usually we wouldn't see the triple G's and Canelo's or stuff like that. We would see Canelo fight some. Tijuana taxi cab driver that has an undefeated record and he would kill him on HBO pay-per-view and we had to pay for it. Now boxing's giving us what we want to see. The heavyweights are coming back in boxing. So we're seeing some really good heavyweights in there. We got Crawford uh, still out there in, in a boxing run. Uh, Pacquiao fought outstanding uh, his last fight. I was actually shocked at how quick he did. He yeah. Himself. Yeah. So I'm still thinking that I would have to say if I had to put a UFC, it's probably still a little bit more popular, but I'm thinking but they were, UFC had boxing on its heels, uh, I would say, maybe five years ago. But right now, uh, boxing took a huge step forward. If that Wilder-Joshua fight would have taken place, I think that that could have propelled it. I don't, I don't know what the situation is of why those two can't get together. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I, I know both both sides want. I know both boxers want it, but I know both promoters are they're looking for the world. I, and, I, and I understand why because I think this would be one of the biggest heavyweight fights because we're not going. This fight will probably be, be on an HBO or Showtime pay per view, and it's going to be on a normal time, not when the Klitschko held a belt. We had to watch in the, Germany. Uh, we, yeah. we had to watch it in Germany time at five p.m. <laughs> I think I think this is why. I think both promoters are saying, hey, we want the world for this one because I think this is what the, it's going to probably give the heavyweight division that oomph that, that it needs. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, last question before I let you get out of here. What's your biggest, oddest prediction in sports for the this upcoming year, for, for the rest of 2018? Anything odd that you're like, hey, I think this is going to happen. It's going to shock a lot of people. Uh, I'm going to say the Cleveland Browns win more than one game this year. I think that's going to shock. <laughs> uh, I think that I think that could shock a lot of people. And I'm going to say in the NBA, and I'm and no disrespect to LeBron James or KD or or something like that. I think we're going to I think we're going to see one of these big NBA stars go down with a bad knee injury. I mean, I know Paul George went out a couple years ago, but he he's not that big star. I think we're going to see one of these big stars. Take a big, uh, pick, take a big downfall. Because when was the last time Gage, KD, LeBron James, Stephen Curry, he's uh, hard. When was the last time they had to miss a whole season? I mean, Jordan missed a whole season. Magic Johnson missed a whole season. Yeah. Larry Bird in his back always missed seasons. These stars, I, I know they take care of their bodies and all that, but freak accidents uh, happen. And I think this year, with all the NBA free agency noise and LeBron going to LA and with the East and all that, I think something. I and I'm, I'm gonna say something in the West is gonna happen. That maybe shock will we'll give some oomph to the east and maybe I, i'm a big believer maybe the boston Celtics could beat uh be the nba champion so i, I think we're going to see something in the nba western conference that's going to shock and i and i hate to say it, i don't wish anybody bad ill but i i was born in those 80s and 90s where i saw jordan get hurt magic isaiah thomas all these big stars get hurt and they lose in the playoffs we could see it this year yeah, and I, and look, I'm surprised LeBron James is 34 years old and he has not had a major injury and he's been playing since he was 18 years old. 
Um, I know that 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 one. He he's the biggest anomaly out of out of all these guys. Where it's just like, all right, you know, like even Chris Paul goes down uh, here and there, and it's like LeBron is one guy who's been able to maintain his health. And like you said, Jordan, Magic, Bird, all of those guys had injuries except for LeBron. Yeah, because I don't think this. I don't think the Warriors win it if KD's out the whole season or Stephen Curry are out the whole season. I don't think. Uh, that that happens. If Rich Harden goes out, they may not even make the playoffs. Uh, LeBron James, if, if he's out, that that Laker team gets a number one draft pick. I mean, so I, like I said, I'm just growing up back in the days and where I'm watching the NBA, where I'm watching teams hobble out, and I'm like, oh man, there goes there goes the playoffs, there goes, and we just haven't seen it. And like I said, I'm, again, I mean, LeBron James got he's 30, what 35, 36. Yeah, but his, uh, his, but his but his NBA body has to be fifty or sixty. I know how many games, how many playoff games, Olympic games, and all that. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm hoping I'm wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, like I said, I don't like to urge bad stuff and all that. But I, I have not seen something like that in a long time in the NBA. I haven't either. And his real body looks to be sixty. Um, he, he's the reverse Benjamin button to me where like, God, that, that guy just keeps aging. Uh, and that the beard, the Lincoln beard is not doing him any, any, uh, favors either. Uh, where can everybody find you on social media and follow you? You can find me on Twitter at VSI doc sports. You can find me on uh, Instagram, Rafael Esparza. You can find me at DocSports.com. You can click under my lovely face and see all my uh, outstanding and weird betting articles that I have coming up. Like I said, I have Halloween, how, Who's going to die next in The Walking Dead? I got some SummerSlam wrestling stuff that's coming up, uh, some Star Wars betting stuff coming up. So anything that's weird or st- uh, weird, I'm going to post it, write about it, and, and my bookie's going to put those odds on it. So uh, you can find me on all those great places. That's awesome. And all of all of these are free, correct? Uh, free what? Those articles? Yeah. Oh yeah, you can yeah. click on it, and all my all my all my articles are and stuff like that. I have some Stranger Things articles I wrote. I got a good rated for season three in Stranger Things now too. I got to start researching for that now. You just reminded me. Well, so it's it's not coming out till summer of 2019. So I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Hollywood guy, so I can I can tell you these release dates. But uh, you got to re- you got to research now to be ahead of the curve. <laughs> Indeed, you do, uh, Raphael. This was a fucking pleasure, man. You were uh, an amazing guest and uh, and a hell of a guy, dude. We would probably probably be bros in real life if we, if we live close to each other all our picks are close our picks are very Any, close anytime you need me to jump on i'm always available i had a great time and like i said we're i have a twin but i think my mom needs to tell me something i might have a triplet out there you could uh if that triplet's got a huge penis it's probably me um, i'm kidding <laughs> then, 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 you're, then you're my triplet <laughs> uh Raphael, thank you for being on the show my man i appreciate it take it easy all right take care